bam, we're live. Good morning, everyone. Philip Kelly, what's up, dude? First, yeah, look at you. Look at you with your little AI photo, your big AI photo. Kenneth, what's up? What's up, dude? Good morning, Jake Chapman. What's up? What is up? Jake, what do you do when you listen to the show? What are you? You're eight hours ahead. So it's 6.55 a.m. here at eight hours. That'd be 3 p.m., 3 p.m. on the Isle of Man. I am not at home, as you can see. Good morning, Natalie. I am in Idaho. I have a entire second floor. At some point, I'll give you guys a tour. I'll put it on my Instagram and show you where I'm doing this uh, podcast. It's 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 crazy. Right out these doors here behind me is uh, Coeur d'Alene. That's how you pronounce it, Coeur d'Alene. Uh, beautiful lake. Uh, doesn't look big. Has some very very interesting um, qualities. Uh, very cold in the winter. Uh, warms up in the summer, I believe. But one of the fascinating qualities about the lake, someone was explaining to me the other day, is that I think it's something like, and, and I'm making these numbers up, but it's like Lake Tahoe in California. I think it's the deepest uh, freshwater lake in the United States. It takes, I don't know, it's it's some, it's, if, if Caleb's here, he can look it up to the specifics, but it's some weird stat, like every 800 years, all the lake in the water is refreshed. So that's how long it takes. But this lake behind me, it, it, it's less than one season which uh, I don't know what the what what causes that, but I think that they raise it and lower it and they open dams and there's a river coming in and a river going out. And it's one of the great play lakes, you know, like basically it's just suited perfectly for human beings in the summertime. So there's a lot of really wealthy people up here out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's really cool. It's clean. It's safe. It's pleasant. It's quiet. People are polite. Uh, it's... um. Everything that uh, California is not. Hey, Caleb, what's up, dude? Uh, before the show starts today, we're going to have Dylan uh, Dylan uh, Lowen on today, Ariel Lowen's husband. Cool cat. What's up, Tyler? How you doing, buddy? Anna, hi. Hey, good afternoon. Afternoon. It's afternoon. Oh, you're with Philip Kelly on the phone. You guys watch the show together? That's cute. That's really cool. Jeff, what's up? Deadlifting 365 by 5. Good on you. The beer, Kelly. What's up? I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, episode 6 is a huge hit. I've sent it out to, I don't know, uh, two dozen people for early screening. Uh, I tried to send it out to a bunch of the athletes who are featured in it, and uh, they're absolutely loving it. Can you hear me, Caleb? I can hear you good. There you go. Awesome. Uh, could you pull up Thomas DeLauer's, no, sorry, Mark Bell's uh, Instagram account? I want to read you guys something. I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together what happened to um, Mark Bell. I haven't I haven't dug too deep, but the the last guest that Mark Bell had on, from what I hear, was Andrew Huberman, who you guys know. He does all the podcasts, right? He, he's the the Stanford uh, PhD. who's always telling you hacks on on things for life. I think maybe he's like a phd neurobiologist or something like that he was on with a guy who is an expert uh it's going to be at the top where we're going to go it's that it's that thomas De, it's right uh it's the sixth post with the writing on it uh so so the last podcast a couple of days ago supposedly that mark bell had on he had andrew huberman on and some guy who is a sun expert like basically how humans interact to the sun 
and he was talking about light and how we interact with it and 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 then right after that after he posted that supposedly he was pulled down and as one of my friends uh, described uh, described it he said hey you know it's some 22 year old girl who uses hearts when instead of dots for the letter of eyes and every third word out of her mouth is like spotted that and pulled it down but this is what thomas delauer says in regards to mark bell's uh, podcast getting pulled down under the new youtube guidelines for health information they have a category sunlight in the medical category let me read that one more time under the new youtube guidelines for health information they have categorized sunlight in the medical category this means that only content from doctors and approved sources can have videos on sunlight uh, Houston, we have a problem. So, so what I'm piecing together here is that Mark Bell had a guest on to to qualify people, and they were discussing sun and human skin, and they were talking about it. Maybe talking about I, I I didn't see the podcast, but you know generally how those go. What's safe? What's not safe? What's healthy? Do we need vitamin D? Would that have cured this or that? And I'm guessing he did a podcast on that, and they pulled down his podcast. For those of you who don't know who Mark Bell is, he's been around forever. Uh, he was one of the first guys I, that I recall coming out openly and being like, hey, I'm, I'm juiced up. And he, and he openly talking about steroid use, which was really cool. We always appreciate someone who's transparent. And then he, he was, I think, the first podcast that Greg Glassman did be, uh, besides this podcast a couple months ago. And what's interesting is a bunch of people who are known, I don't want to say cowards in the community. But a bunch of people who are known to have played it safe, and who would always be like, hey, you shouldn't put this on YouTube. You shouldn't put that on YouTube. They're now speaking up uh, for Mark Bell, which I find fascinating. Oh, there's one. Yeah, uh, 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 t- uh, this guy who was on the podcast before, um, Zach Talander, he, 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 he had given me advice and... Uh, and Hiller advice on how to play it safe on YouTube. And when I watch his podcast, I'm not his podcast. When I watch uh, Zach's videos, anytime it's a subject outside of weightlifting, it becomes very um, abstract and obtuse. And I would say he plays it very, 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 very safe. And some people are like, "Hey, Sevy, why do why do you have to talk about snatching and um, in the vaccine? Why can't you leave politics out of it?" And, and I don't think it's politics. I don't think it's politics. I don't think forcing your kids to take drugs is politics. I was at a, I was somewhere yesterday. I was, I was at a, um, a gym's anniversary yesterday. And a dad walks in with his newborn holding it in his hands. And everyone gathers around the baby. And the first thing he says is, um, The baby's running a little hot this morning. He just had his vaccines. You would never let someone off the street inject you with drugs, especially if you didn't know what they were or you didn't need them. And yet for some reason, we've built this trust with a group of people who... 
who, who inject our kids with drugs and, and we don't even know what's in them. You, you know, what's interesting too, is as, as I drove up from California to uh, Coeur d'Alene, it took me three days and I stopped at a bunch of places called Love's. There are these gas stations. I assume they have them all over the country. There are these huge gas stations and I go in and I get a cup of coffee and I let my kids go over to that. They have every single Love's has like this box and there's all these little tiny knives in it and nail clippers and keychains. And every time we go in there, I let my kids pick one out. Right. So by the time we got here, they had each had four pocket knives, different ones, like ones with guns that pop out. They had laser pointers. They got all the shit. I probably spent $300 on shit out of that box. And every single person in the loves had a better bedside manner than the doctors at Kaiser. The doctors at Kaiser don't say hi to you. They don't ask you your name. They don't ask you how you're doing. There's, there's no pleasantries. But at loves, it's like, hi, how are you doing? Did you get everything you need today? Oh, excuse me. Oh, did you know that we have a new creamer over there? How is it that they're nicer at Starbucks than they are at the hospital? It's, it's, the whole thing is, is bizarre. Yesterday, I, I wanted to do a show over on, um, on Twitter. I wanted to go over and do, start doing a show on Twitter and start training all of us to go over there. Dylan, what's up, dude? Hey. Oh, he's frozen already. That's cool. Did you get a haircut for the show, Dylan? Did you get a haircut for the show? No, nah, man. I just took off my hat. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, you know, the funny thing is I was sitting in the stream yard for like 10 minutes and I didn't know I had to join. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Just, yeah. I was sitting here patiently waiting for y'all. And then I was like, man, maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I'm scrolling down and I see that I'm actually having to join. So apologize for being late. The truth is something like this. If you know how to use StreamYard, you're less of a man that doesn't know how to use StreamYard. Some, somewhere the truth is like that. I've taken this very abled soldier from the United States military and made him a StreamYard uh, expert, Caleb Beaver, and now his testosterone is lowered by probably 20 points. Poor guy. Easily. He's tech savvy now. Yeah, I'll follow it under disability. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'm really bad. Uh, not much. How are y'all doing? Living the dream, dude. Living yeah, the dream. Greg's? Yeah, I'm at Greg's house in uh, Coeur d'Alene. Uh, it's early in the morning here. Everyone's still asleep. We stayed up super late last night and watched the UFC fights. Um, it's cool. I'm surrounded by friends, and I'm getting to watch all the kids play. I love yeah. watching the kids play. There's so many kids here, and they're just running around playing. It's dope. It reminds me. You know, you kind of live vicariously through them. It reminds you of when you were playing with your own cousins. Yeah, 100%. Actually, uh, speaking of cousins... We all got together every Sundays at grandma's and I grew up with, you know, my dad's like a child of nine and my mom's like a child of seven or eight. So, um, you know, uh, this is something you probably don't know about me, but my family are migrants from Mexico. You know how to have a lot of kids so they can put them to work on the farms. That's how my family was too. So I have tons of cousins and all that good stuff. And we get together at grandma's on Sundays after church and have, you know, barbecue and um, get to play with cousins. So I'm like really close to all my family, my cousins, we still hang out to this day and we're all, you know, 30 plus years old. So it's pretty sweet having that family um, bond. Super, super you, you, awesome. have, you have like 16 uncles and aunts. Yeah, I have a ton of them. Yep. And they're all still alive, still healthy, strong. You know, when you work hard every day, builds a strong, strong heart. You're Mexican. No, I'm Mennonite. Do you know what that is? Amish? Is that like Amish? I don't know. Alien? You're like alien? That's like people like you came from outer space. What is that? 
come yeah outer space out of this country so yeah i'm first generation american what's uh, mennonite i thought you said your parents were so when you said your parents were migrants they weren't from mexico migrants they were so there were a small community in mexico that were just uh, mennonites so they kind of lived outside of the mexican people but they had a community of their own you know i think now that community has grown to like eighty thousand people in a city called the Clotemoc Chihuahua. Uh-huh. And that's that's where both of my parents were born and raised. And then my dad came to the United States when he was like 25. And uh, my mom, when she was like 15, my parents are 10 years apart. What is that called? A ca- uh, cradle robber, something like that? Yeah, that was cradle the affectionate robber. term. Now it's, uh, Ep- it's called Epstein Island, but back in the day it was called <laughs> cradle robbing. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, he got her young and brought her to the United States and been here ever since. But we've traveled a lot back and forth, well, especially when my parents were still together to see, you know, family, cousins and stuff like that. So I have a lot of connections to, you know, Mexico. Uh, Coffee Pods and Wads, Dylan is easily in the top 10 of people I've met since I started the podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so... Um, how did the Mennonites end up in Mexico? They're, they're Germans. Someone in the comments wrote they're Germans. Mennonites are Germans. Yeah. Something along those lines, you know, I have never really dove deep into my ancestry, which is, you know, kind of lame on, on my part, but from my understanding is it was in a region like South, everybody's telling me it's a region South of Russia, somewhere between Russia and Germany. And, uh, they migrated from there about a hundred years ago. So I know my dad's great grandparents migrated from that area to Mexico. And then my dad's uh, grandparents and his parents and him lived in Mexico. And then from there, they've just kind of scattered. Some live in Canada, some live with the Amish, like in Pennsylvania area. And then here in West Texas, we actually have quite a big uh, group of Mennonites as well. So, um, is it a really, is it a cult? Is it a cult? Is it like, yeah, I would say it's kind of like a cult. It's more, you know, how the Amish, it's very similar to the Amish as far as they grew up in their own little community and they have more of, you know, like religion as far as man-made religion, where women wear coverings, head coverings, they wear, um, dresses that really cover them from head to toe not you know shaving uh using deodorant which you would probably yeah enjoy. yeah maybe i need a mennonite chick i like all that so far uh, i like all that uh, yeah yeah well it's funny how about, how about electricity and stuff could you could they can they use electricity and stuff like that because the amish can't use stuff like that right like gas powered shit and electricity i would say the biggest difference between the mennonites and the amish was they're more tech savvy so my dad didn't grow up with nice. Yeah, that's my kind of women right there, bro. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. That's yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good looking woman, dude. Yeah, um, baby makers. Those look like baby makers to me. Hard workers too. You know what's yeah. funny is gro- growing up, my dad always told us that we had to marry a Mennonite, and this is what you would see on a typical Mennonite. And you see these American women. I'm like, dude, I do not want to marry a Mennonite. <laughs> Hey, did you watch? The, do you did you watch the UFC fights last night? No, but I saw. I looked it up this morning. I saw Stricken loss. Sadly, there was the there was this woman from Brazil who fought a, a Bueno Silva, and her body was absolutely insane. And I was just wondering if you like that kind of body. Her body was nuts. I mean, she was like, 
she was so woman. You know what I mean? She was like, she, it was, it was, I, I, I was, I did not like her fighting. I did not yeah. like her. I did not like that thing getting punched. Man, that thing was crazy. I wonder what other people think. Did you guys think she was incredible? She, but she always has this look on her face like she's crying no matter what. She kind of looks like, um, uh, Lou, Fer- she got Lou Ferrigno's face. You know who that is? The Incredible Hulk from the 70s? Yes, I do know who that is. Yeah, she got okay. Lou Ferrigno's face on the most insane, uh, voluptuous, long-legged body ever. It was, she she was a trip. I was, I was, oh, you got to, yeah, I don't know if these, this, oh, no, that's not her. She's hard, she's kind of hard to find on the, um, on the gram. Uh, chalk one up, uh, uh, for Caleb, that's, that's rare. Uh, January 21st, oh, yeah. 2024, 712, a fail by Caleb. Uh, Crazy. I don't know. If you're saying long leg, they're nice, but I like Ariel's legs. Yo, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Fuck, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> long, short, there, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, so that was um, like one. When you when your dad said you had to marry a Mennonite, was he like serious or was it like kind of like tongue-in-cheek joking? No, it was 100% serious. So I grew up really strict. Hold on, you broke up. Hold on, this is going to be good. Hold on. Look at David Weed. Look at that's not fair. You're inside my head. That is so not fair. Am I when back? I said she has a great body, David Weed says, in other words, she had huge knockers. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Don't share that. That's like secrets that you have inside my head that no one else has. Come on. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Okay, so your dad was crazy okay. strict. Yeah, he was really strict. Um, I'll, honestly, I'd almost say borderline racist. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, like he didn't want us playing. Um, I kind of grew up not in the ghetto, but I didn't grow up in a really good place of town. And he didn't really want me playing with like black kids and stuff like that. Um, my first crush was a black girl. So he was kind of uh, down on that. But um, yeah, he r- really wanted us to marry a Mennonite woman. But my parents separated when we were like 12 years old. And that kind of just all went out, out the door. What about and- Mexican kids? Were you allowed to play with Mexican kids? Yeah, we were because that's what he was accustomed to being around was Mexican kids. So my dad, actually at heart, dude, he's really a Mexican guy. He wears a taco hat um, and you know skinned, o- <laughs> yeah, skinned ostrich uh, boot, cowboy boots. That's his yeah. daily attire and all that good stuff. And so, what's he um, drive? Does he have horns on the front of his truck? Nah, but he drives, you know, big truck. Here in West Texas, everybody drives big truck. You got an El Camino? Is that an El Camino in the garage? or? I think when he was younger, he actually had something similar to an El Camino. Yeah, but yeah, he grew up horse and buggy before he moved to the United States. You, you know, it's interesting. I like um, – I, I, there's, there's a few things I like about – I don't know what you – I hate to call it black culture. Let's call it hillbilly culture because Thomas Sowell says that the blacks took it from – hillbillies but and i really like mexican culture but the one thing i don't like about mexicans is they have too many tweeters in their car like all their music's on the high range and i like black music with bass i like bass you know what i mean so mexican mexican drives by and it's like it's just like so high and you guys got like 10 tweeters in there and it's like jesus christ how about take out some of those tweeters and put in some woofers you know i'm talking about that music that music yeah, yeah, I live in the same area as you. You know, the majority of the people where we live are Hispanic. So, and I grew up very Hispanic as far as my dad just listens to Hispanic music. 
He doesn't listen to American music. Everything is in Spanish. Like I said, honestly, my dad. My dad's racist. He only listens to. He sounds like he hates white people too. So let's be fair. He didn't like. He didn't want you playing with the black kids or the white kids. Were you allowed to play with non Mennonites? Yeah, well, where we live in Midland, there are no Mennonites. The closest mm-hmm. Mennonite community is about an hour away, which is where my dad originally moved to when he came from Mexico. And then mm-hmm. as he got older and developed in business and stuff like that, we moved to Midland because there's more work, which where we live is the oil capital of the United States. So it's always busting out here with construction. That's what uh, most Mennonites do is either farming or construction. And so my dad went the construction route and there's always been work out here in Midland. Is that how you got your construction chops? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Mennonites, they're known to be uh, hard workers. So I didn't have a typical upbringing. I went with my dad to work every day. Summer times I went to work with my dad. I didn't have really a childhood where I went out and played on the summers like most kids did. I even got truancy issues in school because my dad would pull me out of school to go to work with him. Mm, and I, was 12, I like it. Yeah, I was 12 years old and my dad would drop me off at a job site. And what our main deal was was seamless rain gutters. Are you familiar with that? No, but I can kind of imagine. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I mean, rain gutters that catch the water off of your uh, fascia board instead of having, you know, pieces stripped together that you'd get at Home Depot or something. Right. Uh, this is a machine that runs it out in one seamless piece. So, yeah, I was 12 years old around that time, and my dad would just drop me off at a job site, bring me lunch, and then come pick me up at the end of the day. And that was my childhood. What's the What's the biggest job you ever did for seamless gutters? You know, like a mansion, what you'd probably consider a mansion. But I've done. And how, and how much does that cost? How, how much does that cost to get like a big, big huge 15,000 square foot home with seamless gutters? Three stories. Uh, Three, yeah, it starts going up in money when there's uh, chances of falling off of a ladder that high. But I would say, you know, like a big house like that, maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Oh, that's not bad. Around. Yeah, not terrible. It, it So it runs by linear foot. I'm not too familiar now what it is, a linear foot, but I think my dad charges around $10 a linear foot for, for And that's for it being custom made and installation. Yeah, you pick your color, all that good stuff. Um, have you ever fallen off a roof? No, but I've fallen off of a ladder three times. Mm. Has your dad fallen off a roof? He has. I, I think before I was born, he was doing, do you know what steel siding is? No, no, I can like corrugated, that corrugated stuff that like you see on a lot of CrossFit gyms in the Midwest and shit. Something like I bet yeah, you, I, I bet that. you JR's gym is made of corrugated <laughs> steel. Yeah, so it's, you know, facade that goes on the outside of a house made of steel. Oh, okay, he, yep, yep. He, he did a lot of that growing up, and um, he was doing it on a church on a top steeple, and he fell off of that, which he had the ladder. His extension ladder wasn't tall enough, and so he said he had to put it on the back of his truck to Ooh. reach the tip, uh-huh, and it uh-huh. slipped, and he fell 30 feet, and he broke his arm. And I believe that was before I was born, which – that's scary to think about falling that far off of a ladder. I, I, I feel like that job, all the jobs where you work on the roof and in, in the, someone either hitting their head, oh, my dad fell off the roof, broke his back and hit his head, and he's never been the same. I feel like, I, I mean, you, <laughs> you've probably heard a shitload of stories of people falling off roofs, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%.
You ever been at the job site when someone falls off the roof? No, I have not. No, sir. Mennonites probably do it different. You guys, the Germans do it different. You're probably, there's like, you guys are probably more precise. We are. We take very big pride in our work. I think that's one of the things I pride myself most on is if I do something, I want to do it right. Oh, yeah. Look at Jody, Jody Lynn, Mr. Medeiros did that. That's right. Okay. So, so Justin's dad fell off a roof. I think I remember hearing that and broke his back. Wow. Uh, Something in common with the great Justin Medeiros. So, so you never, um, you never, you never lived in, in Mexico or you did and then you moved up here? No, I never did, but we came like this close to living out there. My dad actually has a ranch that he bought when we were younger and his, his dream was to be a farmer out there and move us back there. It just financially never happened. And also, like I said, my parents divorced when I was like 12 years old, so that just kind of went, you know, their separate ways. But my dad still has that ranch growing up. Me and my dad would go out there a lot. And that was like a developing Mennonite community. So at that time, there was very few Mennonites out there and they were all farming. And we would just sit out there and camp. And he had bought a ditch witcher and would dig trenches for the local farmers to get irrigation to their crops and stuff like that. So I did a lot of that growing up with my dad as well. You know, I would say me and my dad, we're best friends, you know, today. And I think that's just because the majority of my childhood was spent around my dad. I don't know if I spent more time with anybody else than I did with my dad. Hey, that's crazy. Cool. I I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's, it's so crazy because I've seen, you know, my dad's made a lot of mistakes in his life, especially with our family. We didn't have a really strong family. I never really saw love between my parents and stuff like that. And my dad was a habitual cheater. I think that's the correct word. And so I just saw a lot of that brokenness in my family. And especially when my parents divorced, I hated my dad for a small season. And it's just so, it's so crazy because, I mean, that hate didn't last long. It lasted like a summer because it was the only summer I didn't work for my dad. It was the first mm-hmm. summer that I felt more like a child because I went and did play. I bought a BMX bike, got into being, you know, riding at the skate park and stuff like that. And I'm just thankful I was able to forgive my dad and cultivate that friendship again. And, you know, we're still today probably closer now than we were before and it kind of sucks because i feel bad for my mom the one that took us in and raised i have an older sister and a younger brother raised us took care of us you know my dad did pay child support but my mom was the one there for us for the most part and i have a closer bond to my dad than i do to my mom even though my dad did my mom wrong and I think about that a lot because I think it's messed up of me to have that. But mm. I just think it's something, you know, the time me and my dad spent together is, uh, I don't know, it just it shaped me to the person I am. And it made me the hard worker. Uh, I pride myself in that I'm willing to work hard no matter what. And I think that's the greatest gift that my dad gave me. So I don't know. I'm guessing your dad was very, I'm guessing your dad was very personable. Um, he's this is what I get from your dad. Here, here's the thing. 
when I hear men cheating, I just think of them as running fucked up harems. The difference between cheating and a harem is a harem like the, everyone knows what's going on. Cheating is some of the, the, the girls don't know what's going on. Yeah. But the, but the yeah. only difference. And and so, but what I hear you describing your dad is um, generous with his time. Yeah. His uh, he, he had a high level of awareness and he saw when people needed help. And uh, he, he wasn't uh, like these fucking pussies who are virtue signaler, signalers now who just put up a fucking Black Lives Matter poster <laughs> or whatever, or, 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 or they, they hand someone a dollar who's, at the, who's a drug addict at the freeway. Your dad was actually helping people water their crops. I see your dad, and he offers a very important service. Rain gutters are fucking crazy important, and he's in the service industry, so he services people. I'm guessing he's great with his customers. Is that true? Because you're great with people. Yeah, you know – since I've always been with That's what I hear. And, and your dad's just normal. He just likes pussy. Listen, your dad just, listen, part of being a man is when you're about 22 or 23, you go, holy shit. You, you either say two things. How did my dad never fucking cheat on my mom? Or I, I give my dad a pass if he cheated a couple of times. That's, I think that's part of manhood. Now, now I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying like, it's really easy to be idealistic when you're fucking 16. Honestly, I agree with you 100% on that because when I was younger, I was like, man, how could, you know, my dad cheat on my mom and do that? But as I've grown into adult, I think yeah. I've gone to more understanding the temptations that the world have. And I would just say, you know, those temptations are out there for everybody. But the difference, I guess, between my dad and me is my dad caved into those temptations. The and especially since I've learned a lot from my dad, that's one thing I never want for my family is to go through that struggle because I understood the hurt that it caused the family yeah, unit yeah. and broke that apart. So I'm thankful for that lesson. And um, But I do realize the temptations that the world has to offer and why my dad wasn't strong enough to resist those things. And I, I do think you know there's some people in the world that are meant to be married and there's some people in the world that are meant to just be be dogs, and uh, my dad's a dog. Well, well, also, I, I do want to say the flip side of that is, um, it, a, a lot of people in my younger years, I would think that okay, we're not made for monogamy, but now that I am in a, I have kids, and I am in a monogamous relationship, there's um, nothing more powerful, and. Um, the, the worst thing about being in a relationship where there's cheating is, is that you have to keep a secret from someone. And so there's a distance between you and them. Ideally, you don't, ideally you always want to shit with the door open, metaphorically speaking. You know what I mean? You don't want there to be any any secrets. And and um, you don't want to be guarding anything. You want to be just free around. And so it's. I, I met a couple yesterday. They'd been married for 19 years and they were young. This is a fucking young couple. They were the owners of this gym I went to and it, and we were talking and it's like, yeah, when you're in a long-term relationship, it becomes the crowning achievement of your life. Yeah, um, definitely. I think me and Ariel's relationship is the most sacred thing to me. And it's yeah, special. sacred. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. It's something I pride myself in. Me and Ariel, we've been together since high school. Uh, she's the only girl I've ever been with. Uh, no shit. Yeah. No shit. Wow. Hundred percent. So it's something that's super. I hit that picture of me. I feel like I'm balding in that picture. Are you kidding like, me? You look like a stud there. Yeah. You look like you play yeah. in the NFL. Look at you, dude. Yeah, dude. Those muscles are all fake, bro. That's all fake. You are a brick shit house. Look at you. You're a fucking hunk. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're handsome too. I really love your ha new haircut. Thank you. I'm, I'm digging. I'm really enjoying it too. Thank you. Uh, honestly, I hope you never go back to the long hair because after man I saw bun. this, yeah, man bun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If that's what you want to call it, I just hope when I get to you, you think age, I look I like one of those old guys with the straggly hair who's trying to stay young? Like I hate that look. Oh, I, what was that, Caleb? I saw your eyebrows go up when I said that. What was that? Nothing. 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 You think that I, I had that look going? Like I was like the old, because I, you know, that look I'm talking about, like the old guy is like, dude, cut your fucking hair. I, I it wasn't was that bad. Dude. It, was, it was verging on it. It was verging on it. You're getting there, but you know, I, I think honestly, you, you hit the nail on the head when Bear from Born Primitive. Yeah. You know, I, I like his vibe. Yeah. For his his age. Maybe if he was yeah. 20 years older, it'd get on the verge that it needs to be cut. But y'all yeah. were kind of there on the same same um, vibe. But you're just yeah. a little older. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I, I, yeah, all right. When, when that hair gets long and the beard got long too, it became a security issue. Everywhere I went, I was I get <laughs> Taliban comments, and it's just like I just don't want to be caught up in secondary uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Bears rocking the shit out of it. Uh, Is that yeah. Bear's mom? Yeah, oh, I think that's from... his. I yep, don't know. That's mom. God, really? he comes wow. from good stock. God. His wife, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Take off my glasses, and that's his wife. Crazy. Blessed. <laughs> and his dad, on the other hand, he's looking his age. <laughs> that's it. That's his because he got a trophy wife. Bear's mom's a trophy wife. Heck, I know all about that, bro. I'm, well, I'm a trophy husband now. <laughs> is, is Ariel older than you? One month older. The only reason I say that is because she's now making those big bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. As uh, um, Taylor Self would make would say, tens of dollars. Yeah, I love it. Um, can can you tell me how you met? Yeah, dude, we met in high school. Oh wait, wait. Before I ask that, before I ask that, um, um, do you think that the reason why? Do you think that because your dad kept you busy, that's why, um. You, you weren't having sex at a young age. You think that you were j just kept busy. And did you ever get into drugs or anything? Did, did that keep you, did he keep you busy and you didn't get into smoking early or drinking or sex or things like that? I don't mean to lump sex up with drinking and smoking. I apologize. I don't think there's anything wrong with sex, but do you think that him keeping you busy and things like that kind of kept you on a more straight and narrow? Um, Kind of and kind of not. I think it just, the busy thing inst instilled something in me. Values goals that I had for myself in the future that I wanted to achieve, but it didn't keep me away from drugs. Um, I was a big pothead from the age of 15 to honestly 25 when me and uh, Ariel were going to uh, have our child and get married and move in together. Then I decided that I need to make some life uh, changes. So when my parents got divorced, you know, my dad moved out at 12 and I lived with my mom. But my mom got remarried when she was 16 years old, and she left the house. And wait, moved. your mom? Wait, wait, wait! Your mom got remarried at 16? When I was 16, I'm sorry. Oh, when you were 16? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So when I was 16, she got remarried and moved out of the house to a town about an hour, 35 to an hour, minutes to an hour away, and it left me at home that we had here in Midland with my 18 year old sister. So from you know sophomore. No, junior, junior and senior year, I basically lived by myself with an 18-year-old sister. 
Mm. And that's where things could have gone really wrong for me. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. hundred percent. I did get in some trouble. I've been, I've been to jail twice in those, mm. in that time. Um, but yeah, I was just, you know, a huge pothead. I honestly, I think the reason I saved myself for the biggest, the biggest reason is because I was scared of STDs. If oh I'm yeah, me too. Honest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you know. Me too. So, oh wow, me too. Yeah. Why didn't yeah, you just use a condom? I, I I had lots. I had fucking so many girlfriends, but I always used a condom. Always. You know what a condom is? Don't use. That. Understood. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, fine. Whatever. Fine. I, yeah. I, no. Okay. I don't know when you were in high school if they would bring people over to the school to talk about sexual education. And then they'd give you this big old spiel on STDs. And then they'd always yeah. end it with, there's somebody in this class right now that has HIV and they came and talked to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they scared us all like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and reflecting yeah. back on it now, I'm like, man, nobody had HIV. They were just trying to scare us. Right. It worked. Right. So, yeah. I lived and in the so, Bay yeah. Area and supposedly everyone was dying of AIDS. I didn't know one person who ever got AIDS or died of AIDS. And I grew up, I was born in 72. I grew up through that whole thing. One person I ever knew who had it was uh, Easy E and Magic Johnson. I didn't even really know them. Magic Johnson's still kicking, bro. I know. Easy E didn't end up Sad. so good. Sad. RIP. Yeah. Um, okay. So, 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 so you, you, so you did dodge some bullets. My, my life was kind of like that too. I got kicked out when I was 16 and I, and I lived in my own apartment from 16 to 18 and it was wild. It was crazy. Wild. It was, I was just a drunk. Basically. I just started drinking like a maniac. I didn't smoke weed or I wasn't having sex at 16, but I was just drinking. Like I was just drinking every single day. Um, oh, nice. na- yeah. Did you, did you drink a lot? No, I really didn't drink much. So that's another le- lesson I learned from my dad is my dad is an alcoholic. Mm. And oh, no shit. Mennonite alcoholic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing that the Mennonites know how to do is drink some beers. And so that was another tension point. Was he a chill that. alcoholic or was he a violent alcoholic? I, I, I always, all my life's been full of just all cool alcoholics. Like oh, no. No, no one's beat no one, fortunately. My dad's never raised a hand to anybody. He he is a very calm, collective person. I can't think of too many times in my life that he's ever even yelled at me. I would just say where the alcoholism really took effect was after my parents split up. He went mm-hmm. into, I would say, periods of depression to where- it Did she leave point. him? Did she leave him? She did. She did. Mm. So there were some like points between- when I was really young to 12, that they would kind of separate. I only remember one instance where, no, two instances where we moved into a shelter and another time where we moved into an apartment. Um, before Dude, my that's some ghetto ass shit. You moved into a shelter? Yeah, a shelter for, you know, women or something. Cause my mom, she couldn't Damn. speak English. She had no. What, what, you, wait, your mom didn't speak English? Not when we were really young, no, sir. So, like, both of my parents... She only spoke German? She only spoke German? German, yeah. So, I speak a... It's not the same kind of German that you would get from Germany, but we speak a dialect of German. So, I do speak another language, which when me and my family communicate, parents-wise, we're speaking German. Wow, that's that's crazy. So, um, uh, is, your mom, um, is your mom a like a mail-order bride for your dad? Did he get her from Germany? 
No, they both were grew up in the same uh, town in Mexico in the community together. So, so she spoke Spanish in this Mennonite language. Uh, she didn't speak Spanish. So the Mennonites really try to keep themselves out of the Mexican community, except for the men. My dad speaks fluent Spanish. My mom, since she was only 15 years old when my dad brought her to the United States, she never really got to learn much Spanish. She understands some of it, but she doesn't speak it fluently like my dad does. So literally your dad was with her from when they were fi- when he was 25 and she was 15. Correct. So he was already in the United How States. How old was your mom when you were born? Are you the oldest sibling? No, I'm the, the second. I'm middle child. My I have a 33-year-old sister, and then I'm 30, and then I have what? a 21-year-old brother. And how old's your mom? I'm going to do the math here real quick. My mom, I think just she's 49. Holy shit, dude. That means she had your sister when she was that's 16. It. Yeah. She, 15? Yeah, she, yeah, that's why my dad took uh, my mom from Mexico is because he knocked her up and that's what a man does, I guess. He took took responsibility and brought her to the United States and took He's care lucky of her. He's like he didn't go to jail, dude. I wouldn't have brought her to the United <laughs> States. I'd have run to like Guatemala. I'd have even gone deeper. He went the yeah. wrong way. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he brought her over here and uh, had my sister. And I guess three years later, I came. And then my brother came eight years after that. And I think that was their first plan, kid, to save a marriage that was doomed forever. Uh, um, uh, learning to hunt. Sevan, are you in recovery? I hear you mention AA a lot. No, not, not, no. No recovery for me. Lots of people around me. Everyone. It's everyone. Caleb, are you, Caleb, are you, did you ever go to AA, Caleb? Definitely not. So not Caleb, but but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people around. How about you, Dylan? Have you gone to AA? No, I don't need that kind oh. of stuff. Oh. I don't think yeah. I need it either. <laughs> uh, Dude, it's, um, it's, it's so dry where I'm at. It's so fucking dry. I just want to blow my nose nonstop. It's crazy. It's so fucking dry. I don't need to drink every day. I don't even need to drink at all. Like I could forget. Like, I, I don't know if I've, I could forget to drink for a month. And then be like, oh, shit, I'm falling behind. Hey, is your dad's brain damaged from alcohol? The people I know, like my dad drinks every single day and something seems off with him. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's because my dad speaks three different languages and he's not a professional. Oh, my that. dad, too. That that could be it, too. My dad speaks three different languages fluently, too. So m- maybe that's it, too. I think so. So I think all those kind of in his head uh, when you talk to him, he gets – Gets a little mixed up, but for the most part, mm. my dad is still really smart and sharp. And he's worked construction for, he's 60, I think he's 60 or 59, whatever, um, 10 years difference from, yeah, 59. And he's been in construction for the last 35 years, working hard every day. And he's a sharp guy. So Can I you mean, talk to him about whatever you want? Could you tell him like, that, you, that you wanted to vote for Trump or would he disown you? Uh, my dad's not into politics. My dad doesn't care well, about those things. Could you okay? Could you tell him you're gay? You're leaving. You're gay, and you're leaving Ariel. Could you tell him that? No, nah, that I, would no, no. I don't know how that would go, but uh, I could. I could well. tell my dad I'm gay. <laughs> I could tell my dad it's like, hey, dude, I love sucking dick so much. It's crazy. You don't even know. I just can't stop. I'm leaving the family, the kids, the wife, everyone. My dad'd be like. I love you. I could be like, I told him I was voting for Trump. He, he just, a couple of years ago, he just fucking walked out of the house. 
he was he, he was like fuming. Not like, hey, hey, son, uh, why is that? Well, I don't so know, just funny. not a pedophile. Yeah. yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. No, my dad's, you know, I think. I'm going to, I'm going to transition one of my kids. Uh, uh, I call my dad Heidi. Uh, Heidi, um, I'm thinking about, uh, cutting off the penises of two of my sons. Oh, we support you in that. Okay. Do you need help financially? Oh, thanks dad. I'm voting for Trump. Fuck you. Ah, you're out of the will. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my dad is really, uh, he, he, you know, he does read the Bible and he is a Christian, um, and so I think any values that align with the Bible, that's where he's going to draw the line. So tattoos, if I, he said, if I ever got a tattoo, he'd cut it off with the sheetrock knife, piercings, uh-huh. get a pair mm-hmm. of pliers, rip it out. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, we never even talked about being gay, but if that would come, I'm pretty sure there would be something, there would definitely be something there. I don't know if he would still want to have a relationship with me but i know it would be a hard hard point for sure oh same same honesty goes for my mom what if he found out you were black what if he found out you were black you know my dad softened a lot so he's you know he's he's cool with black people and he customers whatever cool will you know talk have fun laugh i just think the thought of him that him having the thought of me being married to a black woman probably turned him off and i think that's what he was trying to prevent when we were younger is is something like that but yeah i mean he's really cool with all people um he's chilled a lot since we were younger because he was really strict like i said when we were younger and he's come a long way i think he's growing a lot as a person in the last i'd say last 10 years Mm. does ariel like your family yeah, yeah. Uh, Ariel loves my family, and she—it's funny. She loves my dad too. Her and my dad have a great relationship, and uh, one of the first things when me and Ariel were first dating, she told me she saw where I got my ass from because I got mm. a donk. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Does she like it? Looked, does she like a donk? That's the only reason we're together, baby. Yeah, just she's a ask. She's an ass girl. Yeah, yeah, dude. That thing. Got me in so much trouble in high school and junior high school. Like I said, I grew did? up in the kind of yeah, bro. Those, those black girls were chasing me. I told you. Dude. Oh, yeah. I you know I went to junior high in a pretty bad part of town, and so I was one of the few white people there. It was either Mexicans or black people. Mm-hmm. And That's the bad part of town. I understand. Yep, yep. That makes sense. And so we also had to wear uniforms. Yeah, you could kind of see that baby donk right there. You're hiding it. You're hiding it. You need, some, uh, you need some barbell cartel uh, uh, sweatpants. Those things will, those things will show that ass right off. But go on. So, so no, uh, wow, look at you. Ariel taught me when we were dating in high school. She taught me a standing backflip. So at one point in my life, I could throw those on the ground no problem. You know, forty pounds ago. Um, but yeah, so I could do that. I, By the way, I can do that too on a trampoline. Does it look that clean though? Look at that form. Just saying. Legs together and everything. That's nice. Listen, Caleb, don't get all weird and shit. I'm just telling you, I can do it. Don't. <laughs> I want to see it right I'd now. I'd probably fall back on my butt. I'd probably fall back on my butt. I'd snap yeah. my neck. I don't think. I don't think my legs could do that. I want uh, okay. to try it. So tell me about this butt. Tell me about this butt. So it got you in trouble. Girls were chasing you around, and then and did, is that Ariel noticed you? Noticed your butt? That's how she. That's how she picked you. 
I think notice me. I don't know. You know, our relationship is really funny from the start. So we met my sophomore year, summer, her junior year. I got held back one year. That's uh, that goes into the truancy thing. My dad pulling me out of school all the time. Mm-hmm. He, uh, um, I had to get held back a year because I was kind of falling behind in it and reading in first grade. Was was that and, embarrassing getting held back? I think at a young age it wasn't, but as I got older, I was kind of ashamed of it because yeah. I was older older than everybody. But I was also really one of the smartest kids in school, even though I was a pothead and all that, you know, good stuff. I passed school with flying colors. I just, I slept all day in class, aced the test. And that was that, like I said, I'm really goal oriented. So when I was in seventh grade, I knew when I wanted to get to my senior year of high school, I wanted to be able to get out of school early. So I took Mm -hmm. all the, um, what do you call those? The classes that the AP classes, the advanced yeah, classes. The, yeah, the I took all the advanced classes. I got all of my language classes done early, so I could get the credits to when I got to my senior year. I had the credits I needed to graduate, and then I was in the workers program class, and so I was getting out of school my junior and senior year at twelve o'clock, and then I'd go work with my dad. So I hated school. So I wanted to get out of school early as possible. So I set myself already up. Why did you hate school? I loved school. Didn't you like going there and seeing your friends and looking at girls and like throwing food and shit like that? Yeah. Like food fights and I loved high school, but I hated everything before high school. You know, okay, high school okay. was high school was fun. It was hanging out with friends. It was, you know, getting high. It yeah, yeah. Par- partying. But also I lived on my own and I had to provide for myself financially. So I had to work. Wow. You know, I've, right. I've paid. Okay. okay. Since since I've been a, a a young guy, you know, I've paid my own phone bill. I've paid for my own truck, gas, food. The only thing I didn't have to pay for when I was in high school is the bills at the house. You know, my parents mm. owned the house, and that was one thing my mom took care of was you know the electric, gas, whatever those bills were at the time. I just had to financially provide for my travel, cars, food phone bill, stuff like that. So I had to work. And, um, dude, you live the exact, I I got kicked out of the house, but everything financially was taken care of for me. I had an ATM card, all the money. I could buy a sack of $60 sack of weed every day. If I wanted, I had a a full tank gas cards. I had everything crazy. So we lived the same life, except, um, I was, I was spoiled. I was like a prince. I was like a prince. I was like a little minor prince. I should have fucking lived in Dubai or some shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, what sucked about that is my mom, when she did move out, she's like, hey, I'll give you $20 or $40 a week. Yeah, but yeah. not shortly after she moved out, she found out that I smoked weed. And so yeah. she's like, you're not getting anything. My mom tried that, but she didn't She didn't stick to it until <laughs> I was like 30. When I was 30, she finally put the, put her foot down. Nice. Uh, it has, has happened at some age. So look you're, you so now, you're, though. Yeah, look, I know. Crazy. Well, you know what? you know what else I got that you got? My dad did take me to work too. And I was surrounded by hardworking people. Like I just, and, and working was fun and good and, and, and taught and service helping people was like, both my mom and dad were like service oriented people. My mom was an attorney and my dad owned a wine and cheese store and they were just good people. So, you know, my dad, we would get off work and he'd be delivering wine to people's houses or help go, we'd go over and help an old lady fix like a, a wind blowing underneath her door. Just, we, I just had good, 
I, same with you. And I had uncles and aunts everywhere. And a, a little different than you. My my parents were crazy affectionate. Like people were always hugging me and kissing me and pinching me and just all that shit. But but some similarities. Some similarities. The hard work is huge. The hard work is huge. Does your uh, dad tell you he loves you? Uh, you know, the other day he told me he was proud. And when he told me, I'm like, oh, he must not tell me that very often. Cause it like, I, I felt like the little boy in me is like, oh, he's proud of me. Like I, I savored it as long as I could. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and you suck on a, a, a lifesaver for as long as you can. You're like, I'm not biting this one. Yeah, it was like, that. I was like, oh that. yeah, proud. he's proud of me. So, so I don't, not him, but my mom was just like my mom and my aunts and uncles. I was like, they treated me so good. Yeah. Did your dad tell you he loved you? Uh, no. Uh, about it a lot, especially as people have been passing away in my life as mm -hmm. we get older. I used to tell my dad all the time I loved him, probably until maybe 20, 23, somewhere around the, that age, my young 20s. But it was hard for him to tell me he loved me back. He would say it back, but I could just tell that it was hard for him to say those <laughs> words. It was so awkward for him. I know my dad loves me. I know I'm his favorite child. I know these things. Oh, oh I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do so your know siblings know that you're the favorite child? Yeah. They, they do. You know, and it's, it's just because that dynamic of my dad was really stern with my sister because she is a female and he knows – what the world you know that men chase women and he knows that yeah, from personal yeah. experience yeah so he tried to keep her sheltered and there was a lot of he didn't want some 25 year old guy fucking her when she was 15 100 percent, 100 percent. so there's a there was a lot of hatred between my my sister and my dad especially between her teenage and young adult years and then my brother, he was just so young that he never really got to grow grow up with my dad. He grew up with my mom and her husband. And so I, the one that spent the majority of my time with my dad. And so I just know I'm his favorite because he's got cheap labor out of me for like, what's that? From mm. like 11 years old until 21, I worked for my dad. For 10 years, he got cheap labor out of me. Mm, and, that's like how, <laughs> and that's how – and that's how – it's weird because I feel like if I'm not working hard, I'm letting my dad down. And I feel right. like that to, to this day, I almost pride myself when I'm out there on a Sunday working and I know my dad's going to be like, man, that's a hardworking guy. Cause he knows that's something he instilled in me that I'm willing to go out there and grind no matter what. So when I go out there and work hard, it's like su subconsciously, I know I'm making my dad proud. And I think we all mm. want to make our parents proud. Of course. You yes, know, like yes, you said, yes. when you, when your dad said he was proud of you, yeah, he, it felt, you felt a certain way. And yeah. I don't, I don't know if my dad. Desperate. I felt desperate. I felt desperate <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. affection. So, you know, I know, I know I'm making my dad proud in two ways. Um, my work ethic and the way I am with my family, because I do know my dad probably has regrets in the way our family was. And he's kind of told me those things in his drunken stupor that he would be in, maybe mm -hmm. that he would be, you know, like sad about it or reminisce on it, that he messed up our family. And so I also want to make him proud in the way me, the way I'm going to, you know, be in my family with my child and with Ariel. 
that's the most important thing to me is to be a good husband and a mm. good dad because mm. like i said i've learned lessons from my dad that i'm taking into my life to try to be the best person that i can be you, um two things you you just inspired me I, i'm gonna write my dad my dad's in armenia right now but i'm gonna write him a nice text or maybe i'll even call him when we get off the show and i'm gonna tell my dad um how proud i am of him I'm going to tell him how impressed I am because he's lived a wild life similar to your, your dad's life. My dad was in and out of the country is an immigrant, you know, all that shit. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, instead of waiting for maybe him to tell me he loves me, I'm going to tell him um, how much I love him and how impressed I am with his life. Like he, cause he's done like, like I could tell you're proud of your dad. I'm crazy proud of what my dad's accomplished too. And he probably, that's probably huge. Probably not a lot of kids tell their parents, Holy fuck, you're amazing. And I really do think my, my dad's amazing. I mean, I, I tell my, I think I tell my mom, my mom knows how amazing I think she is. Um, that just made me emotional. Oh, good. I never, good, that, I've never even thought about telling my dad that I'm proud of him. Hey, dude, yeah, when yeah. I had kids and my my baby, I, I would I would sit on this couch or a chair and I would hold my kid um, on my bare body. And then as he got older, he started, you know, the kid starts holding you and touching you. And then even to this day, if I'm sleeping, if my kids come in and put their hands on me or at night when I go to bed, they'll climb in and they'll just start touching me and holding me. I feel like. I feel like they have cocaine in their hands. I feel just like the <laughs> life force powering through my body i feel just unfucking real it's like this energy that i've never felt before and so as soon as i had kids i remember thinking oh shit i need to touch my mom and dad more like i need to bit like bare skin touch them more hug them more squeeze them more so because th they probably get that from me and, and and that that was one of the trippiest things about having kids do you know what i'm talking about like when your kid touches you like your kid grabs your arm and the whole world stops you're like it, it's like they're recharging you with the life force and so then i started thinking holy fuck i really need to uh yeah i just need to be more handsy with my parents especially my mom and i know when i hold my mom my mom makes sounds <laughs> if i you know what i mean like if i squeeze my mom really tight like she makes mom sounds oh right. i love you or you know what i mean like i could squeeze her so tight until she says i love you Maybe she yeah. wants me to like go over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, I think yeah. my, mo my mom probably would want me to. My mom probably would want me to do more of that. Like I said, I feel like I don't have a great relationship with my mom. She she wants me to call her more. She she mm -hmm. you know complains about all that stuff because she lives in Florida right now, and I just think I'm gonna. I guess a little bit more in the story of my family if that's cool yeah please okay hold on hold on i want to because people are just having a blast with you uh dylan can fix a garage door opener uh dylan can replace a hot water heater before anyone um turns on the uh shower um check out a uh, big brain on dylan uh fergie's just loving you uh dylan um uh, changes the backsplash twice a year i mean i really appreciate the effort uh fergie's putting in uh D dylan's uh, favorite faucet <laughs> Dylan's faucets never drip. Never. Yeah, like this, this never. guy has, has you pegged already. It's all, not like peg peg, yeah. but this guy, this guy understands your abilities. Okay, go ahead. So, so go into your family more. Go ahead. Okay. So when my parents first got, you know, divorced and I told you there was a period that I was upset with my dad, then I did feel a lot of emotions towards my mom and how awesome of a woman she is. And at that time, my mom did have a really good friend that helped us. It was 
their whole family, um, husband and wife and children, they were really close to us. And they were a really big part of my mom being able to be financially stable and take care of us from for a good while, from when I was like 12 to 15, before my mom moved out and all that good stuff. But and all during all that time, I did have a really good connection with my mom. And I think I put her on a pedestal, mm-hmm. on a pedestal yep. where, and I've done this with other people too. Actually, I did this with Ariel when we were younger, first mm-hmm. dating to where I thought my mom could never do wrong. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I always see, I always saw my dad do wrong to my mom. And I found out later in my life that my mom, she, I guess you could call it cheating because if we want to go in biblical terms, when, you know, God says, if you just look at a woman lustfully, you've already cheated in your heart. Mm-hmm. My mom has some kind of relationship with my, with her best friend, the person that helped us, their, her husband. And it didn't get to a sexual relationship, but it got, it was, go, it was going there before it got caught. And mm. then I found I found out that my mom is no better than my dad. Mm. Now I'm about to, about to cry about it just thinking about it because we're just it people so, here. We're just people here. <laughs> yeah, I just had yeah, it so yeah. high on a on a pedestal, and I just yeah. thought my mom could never do wrong. And I think ever since that, it's kind of I wouldn't say hardened my heart towards my mom, but I don't have as much sympathy to my mom as I did before, mm. and and we never had that bond like me and my dad had. So. I've just more been drawn to my dad and I don't feel as bad for my mom as I once did because I come to find out that she's no different of a person than my dad is. And it's totally fine, but I also felt like play that role of I'm a better person. And I, I kind of hate that when people think they're better than other people, because at the end of the day, we're all the, we're all the same people. We all make mistakes nobody's better than the next person and you know i kind of did that with ariel too because i had it on a really high pedestal when we first started dating i'm telling you i prayed to god when we were younger that he would give me the opportunity to be ariel's boyfriend and i knew before you were her boyfriend you would pray to god being like hey can you get me this chick i saw I'll, I'll, i'll be the best dude ever I'll go to church yeah, every Sunday if you just let me just take a shower with this girl. 100%, bro. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I prayed. Uh, there was something about Ariel when we were in high school that she was just different to me than all the other girls. And it was just something I prayed she on. She is a lot. different, dude. She is different. Yeah, she is 100% different. She's an amazing she, woman. Yeah. And, and, um, so yeah, she I is, she's, this- she's cool, man. You got a really cool. She is really fucking cool. Oh, bro, she's the coolest. I mean, yeah. I'm dude. The last five years, six years of my life, dude, they are—they've been the most amazing years of my life, and I'm so excited for the next forty years of my life to see what me and Ariel can do together, and just the experiences we have. Do you think she felt the? Let me ask you this: Do you think she felt the pressure of you putting her? Oh, that's a sweet picture. Uh, um, do you think she felt the pressure of you putting her on a pedestal? And do you still think to this day she's trying to um, live up to that? And and it, it, like she's not in a bad way. Well, it's a bad way, but she's learned how to use it to, in order to achieve what she wants to achieve. 
Like, do, like, does she ever tell you when she has a bad performance that she feels like she let you down? Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, she does. 100%. Yeah, I think. So you have wants- you have to do this balancing act, right? You have to like, you know, you'll accept her no matter what, but you kind of can't let her know that because you know that pressure that she feels maybe from the relationship, whether you're doing it on purpose or not, is what's elevating her. So you have to. There's this weird balance, right? I'm guessing. Like you have uh, to step on her dick a little bit, but, but, but you also, you can't let it out of the hat. Like, Hey, just so you know, I love you no matter what you kind of got to be careful. You don't want her to like fall off the podium. Yeah. Um, she just wants to make me proud. That's, yeah. she knows, you know, when she won elevated Elizabeth and Tia was to her right and Laura was yeah. to her left. Yeah. She was, she was saying towards the end of that workout when she knew she was going to win that workout. Yeah. That one of the thoughts in her mind was Dylan's going to be so proud of me. And that's so oh. cool. Do that. That warms my heart to think that's one of the thoughts that are running through her head when she's out there on the floor. Cause when I'm dying, a horrible moment out, in her life <laughs> and she pushes through because you, I know that's awesome, dude. Um, you know, I don't have Ariel on that pedestal anymore because if I do that, I'm just going to, I'm going to hurt our family. I'm going to hurt myself because it's what I've done with, with my mom. I had her on a pedestal and I found out that she's not perfect. And that's just something I had to, I think we all have to learn as we get older. Nobody's, nobody's perfect, like I said before. And so I have, I love my mom, but I just haven't been able to nurture that relationship to be what she wants it to be. Mm. But with, with Ariel, when we were younger and I found out that she wasn't perfect, I was able to accept you know, accept that. And I think it's made us even closer for it because I always thought I wasn't good enough, good enough for her. You know, I probably still to this day, not good enough for her. Cause man, I'm so blessed that she chose me to be her husband. And uh, it's a, to me, it's a um, answered prayer from God. Like my wife is an answered prayer from God. Holy sh- dude, you still got her on the pedestal. How the fuck is she supposed to live up to that? That's incredible, dude. I don't know if I've nah. ever heard anyone say that. My wife is my answered prayer from God. Yeah, well, I, I pray to God for it. And you know, when you're young, when you're young and you you're dating somebody, chances are you're not gonna marry that person, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to go through a lot of relationships in your life before you find the person you're going to settle down with. I just knew there was something about Ariel. And we went through this ebb and flow when we were younger. She liked me when we first met. I didn't like her. We were great friends, but I was chasing one of her friends at that time. And then things flip-flopped and I got to know Ariel on a personal level and become really good friends and find out who she is as a person. And I honestly, I fell in love with her. I loved her before we ever were dating. Yeah. And so, so I would say for a year I pursued her and she didn't reciprocate those feelings. And I think I ruined that because when she did like me, I was chasing one of her friends and she knows what kind of a woman she is and what she has to offer. And she's like, well, if this guy doesn't want to be with me, screw him because I have better things to offer somebody than this person. How do you think she knows that? How do you think she knows that? Cause, uh, cause a lot, lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know how amazing they are. And what you're telling me is she knows how amazing she is. 
which is which requires a certain level of consciousness. And another thing that's interesting is it requires a certain level of consciousness also. Like a lot of people don't know that their whole life is what they ask for. Yeah. And so you ask for something and you got it. So that also is, is a pretty wild level of uh, awareness too. But how, how do you think, do you think her parents instilled that in her? Like, hey, dude, you're worth a lot. A hundred percent. You know, the biggest difference between me and Ariel is she didn't grow up with, I don't want to, I never grew up with struggle, but with uh, tribulations, I guess. maybe. Dude, you grew up with struggle. You lived in a fucking shelter, dude. That's <laughs> ghetto as fuck, dude. That I don't know. Ghetto. I just, I just put my life in perspective of people that have done a lot harder things than I have. People that have lost a parent to death. People that are getting like persecuted right, across right. these for, for right. their religion or their beliefs. Right. Right. So it could be worse. Blessed. You could live in Jerusalem. It could be fucking horrible. Hundred percent. You'd, you'd be, you'd be so. quadruple, quadruple. You'd have a mortgage. You'd be quadruple boosted, and be concerned that uh, Iran's going to lob a missile at you. What a fucked up life. But anyway, you're right. You're right. What's a shelter in Texas? Eh. Yeah, bro. Exactly. So I like to put my life in perspective of what okay, a lot of fair. other people you have win. gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're so, bougie. Yeah, Ariel, you're bougie. I'm bougie, bro. Yeah, I'm bougie. <laughs> But yeah, Ariel, she grew up a, I would say, a very privileged and loving household. Parents that loved her, showered her. You know, Blakely had her birthday party yesterday, and we were talking about it. And she asked me if I ever had a birthday party. And Blakely, how old's your daughter? She's four. She turned five uh, Friday. Five. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. So she had a nice, you know, birthday party that Ariel put together for her at her gymnastics place, and we were talking about birthday parties and she asked me if i ever had any and i told her i had one but it was with another kid i think they felt sorry for me and threw me <laughs> <in>. <laughs> threw they me did i this. know exactly the uh, kind of birthday party you're talking about they're like oh shit it's dylan's party too put an extra candle on the cake give one of this kid's presents to him yeah so uh oh yeah that's that's our gym right there i'll start working on our garage doors yesterday hey how much does that thing cost to build so the shop right now I'm 90 into it. It's a hundred by 40 shop. I put plumbing in for a bathroom, a shower, and also drainage for. Um, so that would be 500 if I wanted to build it. It's a, it's only a hundred because you're doing it yourself. Uh no, I, I saved money on the garage doors because I got a deal from my dealer. I saved about. 16 grand on material for the garage doors and of course i'm installing it so i saved about 3500 to four grand on labor um but the shop i had somebody build it i would have built it that's another thing i grew up doing with my dad is building metal buildings but honestly yeah. if i would have built it it probably would have sat there for five years before i finished it because i'm just so i'm so busy with the my business i just don't have time to do those things anymore so I'd rather pay somebody to do it and get it get done. It got done in two weeks. Dude, it's so fucking nice. I'm so envious. Hey, I need to go back, though. How does Ariel know? Because you nailed it. There's something about her that's really special. Right? There's something. Maybe AirPods are thud. No. Sounds like he's taking a deuce. Is he taking a shit? Where do you go? Taking a deuce? He might have to switch settings on his computer. Yeah. Sounds like he's in a big room. It's yeah. Oh, I hear his kids. Oh, it switched to someone else's AirPods. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. We can hear what's going on, what Ariel is doing with the kid right now. Switch to someone else's AirPods. Everyone be quiet. Let's eavesdrop on Ariel. Nope, I hear, I hear nothing. No, no. No, there's no an echo. Hello. I wonder if I can change. Yeah, good. No. Oh. No. He can just go. Oh, let me see if I can go to his settings. Set, uh, edit mic settings. Nope, I can't do it. Reduce background now. And choose his, wouldn't that be cool if I could choose his mic for him? It's like, no, nope, sorry, dude. You're going to use your computer settings. I could text him. Make like, it a lot easier. Can you hear me now? Awesome. There you how, go. how does How does she know? Because everyone around her knows how cool she is. How does she know? Who, how do you think it was instilled in her? I like what you said, that she has a high value. That she has a lot to offer. Um. <clears throat> So yeah, her upgrade uh, upbringing, and she did a lot of sports, and I think she was always the best at what she did. So mm. I think that gave her a confidence, and I, I just want to say her faith in in God. That is one of the biggest things that Ariel's been able to give me, is like, so I guess biblically speaking, the man's supposed to be the head of the household when it comes to faith and bringing God into the home. But mm -hmm. Ariel kind of took that role over because I wasn't really religious or had a relationship with Christ when I was younger. I did pray every night, but that was more out of structure. My dad always said, pray at night, pray at night. So I prayed for things that I wanted at night. I didn't do it the right way. And Ariel brought that into our house. And I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to explain, but she had confidence in that. And when you have confidence in your faith, it just brings mm. confidence to the, to everything else you do in the world. Mm. You know, I, I guess the best way I can do it is I have confidence in anything I do that I'm going to do a good job because when I was young, my dad made me a hardworking young man. And when I do something, I'm going to give it my best effort. And I think Ariel's the same way. If she's going to do anything, she's going to give it her best effort. And a lot of that just came up with her parents bringing her up in church and her finding out who she is. She doesn't need the outside world to tell her who she is. She's got that with her relationship with Christ that gives her confidence in who she is as a person. And she's always been like that. She's always had a really good relationship with her faith. And I think that's just like instilled into her who she is as a person. She just has really good morals. I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on it, but I just knew Ariel was different than all the other girls that I ever met or were friends with in high school. And it's somebody that I knew I wanted to marry. So like I said, I pray to God that he would give me a chance to be with Ariel when we were younger, because I knew if we were get together that I was going to marry her. It, um, this, you, you said something really cool. Uh, she, she has confidence in her faith. There's like a new agey version of that explanation of that about, I forget what the statement is, but it's something about um, control what you can control and, and, and don't try to control what you can't control. And so there's a, um, I, I get that. Uh, I, I totally get what I totally get what you're saying. Being around people 
who have faith that everything is going to be okay is, or, or that things are not even going to be okay, that things are un- unfolding the way they're supposed to unfold. A hundred percent. Is, is really, really good. Right. So I'll use something really superficial. Um, I could get something that says, uh, Hey, Savon, we're not going to let you do the behind the scenes uh, next year at Dickie's. And I could go into a panic, but, but that's totally out of my control. Right. And so then, and, and what's crazy about that is um, then 24 hours later, I could text whoever back Heather or Dave and be like, Hey, I just wanted to say thanks for taking my uh, application. I'm sorry. You guys won't let me do it. And they're like, we're going to let you do it. What are you talking about? And I'm like, what well, says here? You can't. And she goes, Oh no, that's a typo. It's supposed to be, you can't. And my life is full of shit like that. Whereas if I would have just reacted to what would have happened, it would have been a, I see kids do that. My kids do that all the time. They react to things. It's a total waste of energy. Like they think we're going out somewhere and then it rains and we don't. But then 15 minutes later, they're making cookies because they didn't get to go out because it's raining. And now they're happier than if they would have went out and like picked up garbage at the beach. And it's like, Hey dude, it's cool. Yeah. It's like, and so what you're saying, if I'm understanding is Ariel's in that space. She has confidence in her faith. She's doing her best and she's controlling what she can control. And in the rest, she is dedicated to, to the higher power. She has faith in the system. hundred percent. And I think a lot of Christians, myself included, struggle with that confidence in faith. That's mm-hmm. something that I'm working at, working on myself is to have that same confidence Ariel does in her faith mm-hmm. for me to have that, that same confidence um, so yeah, I agree with you hundred percent on that. So yeah. Um, pray to God for Ariel and he gave her to me and we, uh, made it work. And, um, on, on a crazy superficial level, I, I think, uh, what Greg told me this one time, he said, Hey, you know, why Jews are the way they are. And I said, why? He said, because they find big brains sexy. And so that's in their culture that's a very attractive piece and and to be kind of funny here but also kind of true you said ariel liked your butt well look at her she's this crazy entity that has this insane physical prowess and and as crossfitters we all know like it's all fucking being generated fucking from the hips right in the ass and so she sees that and she knows that's power i (laughs) like if it's got that I can work with it and make it fucking do anything, right? It's like if someone gives you an engine, all you need is the, like, would you rather have a shell of a car? If someone's like, hey, do you want this body or do you want this engine? You take the engine because then you can build the body around it. The body of a car is fucking worthless if it ain't got a good engine. I just found it interesting that uh, that, that she liked that about you because I, I don't know if there's a successful CrossFitter out there who has a small ass. It just doesn't exist. And, and all the uh, dudes yeah. have giant, all the dudes have giant asses, big hips. Big hips and big asses. Heck yeah. And Ariel's kind of had the body she's had now since she was in high school. And that was one of the things that drew to me too, that drew, drew me to her as well, was just not who she was as a person. But Like as uh, breeding stock? You're like, okay, that'll make good kids. Oh, yeah, bro. 100%. Yeah. Her, her, lay, her thighs have always been um, big and nice like they are right now. And I, I really, I don't know. I, I like a girl that has muscle on her. And Ariel had muscle on her in high school. Yeah, look at those bad boys. They're already yeah, nice yeah. and muscular. Yeah. And that's that's, yeah, that's high crazy. school right there. Look at she it looks she, she used to go to the tanning salon. Yeah, she she did a little bit. Not anymore. Her Rich Roney. Her and Rich Roney went to the tanning salon. Heck yeah. 
So, so, um, so how long after did you prayed for her, did you get her? How long did you have to wait? Uh, I would say it was almost a year. So I, we were still really good friends and she knew my feelings for her. Cause I had told her. How long so, were you friends? How long? We were friends for two years. So a year, she, a year, she kind of pursued me almost. And a year I pursued her. And then I asked her to go to prom and we went to prom together. And then after prom, she said something about that night changed something in her. And uh, we, from there started, almost started dating. We had talked about it and it was after a party one evening, I was taking her back home and she said like, what if we started dating? And I told her, you know, if we start dating, it's probably gonna, I told her directly, if we start dating, I'm looking for marriage. <laughs> that's so wow. funny. Yeah, wow. that's so funny for for talk about night. chasing someone off. <laughs> when I go on a date now, I want to get married. Oh fuck. At 19 years old, when I think about that, those are some strong words to say to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I was just that confident, and Ariel was the woman that I would want to spend the rest of my life with. I don't know. Why did you a, even want to get married? I didn't even want to get married. I, I never wanted to get married until I got married. It wasn't I, after I got married. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm married. But even the day I got married, I was like, fuck, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. How it's, did you know you wanted to get married? I think it's because I grew up in a broken home without a loving family. And, you know, like I said, I'm really goal oriented. And one of the goals that I wanted for myself is I wanted to have a beautiful family as far as there to be love. Mm -hmm. I just knew when I was younger, I always told myself, I'm not going to have a family like this. And I just think when you're younger, everybody thinks that you're supposed to, you know, get married and have a family. That's part of life. You know, that's second nature to me anyways, to have a family. So I just always knew when I was younger, I wanted to have a certain type of family. And that was something I was going to pursue as I grew older. One of my goals in life was to have an awesome family, an awesome woman, an awesome child, and to be the best person I could be in that family. Um, Cause I know it brings happiness. You know, it's look at you. I, are, are, is this the happiest you've been in your life since you had a family? It's a, it, I, maybe happiness. Isn't the right word. A most fulfilled. fulfilled like when 100%. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I just like, cannot fucking believe I have my kids in my life and my wife. I'm fucking like, like I got a brand new Ferrari in the driveway. I cannot yeah. fucking believe it. Yeah, it's it's crazy fulfilling. I stumble. I feel like I stumbled upon it though on accident. Yeah, I know you were almost too late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. Yes. Hey, um, how how many kids do you think Ariel's? Gonna, how many kids do you think you're gonna have? Like, is there some point where you're just gonna just keep? Ari oh, he can't hear me. You lost me. Am I back? Yeah. How, how many How many kids do you think you're going to have? So ideally... Honestly, we just before, off the top, just just let it slip out. Seven. Two. Two. You're just having two? But 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 you come two. from your aunts and uncles. You had like nine and eight yeah. and all this crazy shit. Like, and, 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 and she's a breed. She's made to breed and you're made to breed. Look at your two bodies. Like, you're made to be like put together a team. How old is yeah. she? I, I'm excited to see what our kids can do in the future. How old is she? Ariel? Yeah. She's 30. 
Yeah. So two, uh, two or three more years of CrossFit and then uh, a child every year till she's 40. We'll take one year off. So <laughs> six kids, six kids between 33 and 40. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind more kids. I think the biggest thing about having so many kids these days is honestly the financial strain. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. You'll figure yeah. it out. You lived in a shelter. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just growing up. I, I didn't want to grow up and be poor. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, but you were. I, I was. Yeah, I was pretty poor. You were dirt poor. Dirt poor. Shelter poor. Shelter poor. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it. And so. you turned out and you turned and you turned out great. And and I just. Hey, is, isn't it amazing? Um it shows you just the crazy kind of lip service just the world has Ariel's uh, successful at what she does the fittest uh, female in in the United States of America um uh, beautiful uh, uh married uh child you it, it's it's like um it's uh un- unvaxxed uh she, it's it's just like uh it's like she's she's perfect. Like I I don't know. She's she's just perfect. It's it's just like it's a kind it's kind of unreal. She got a husband who can fucking change out a toilet. I mean, she scored. Yeah, she scored. Uh, she's not perfect. I could like last night. Uh, she snored like crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let's do it. What did she do last <laughs> night? She peed on the toilet. When she got up, she left a little water, a little dribble on the toilet. No, no, she's better no, than that. Oh. But oh, all right, all right. I had a hard time sleeping last night. She snores like a machine. It's yeah, it's yeah, no joke. Yeah. She's a big yeah, snorer. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, she'll she'll probably. Hey, well, one more thing. She still has her boobs, and she's a CrossFitter, dude. Yeah, they're not as voluptuous as they once were, but they're still. They'll great. come back. They'll come back. Maybe with the she second kept them. Kid. You can tell. You can tell. You can tell when you look at her. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's kept her womanhood. Yeah, now nah, she has a phenomenal body. A super. Super blessed to have a woman with a body like that, 100%. What do you do when she snores? Do you roll her over? Nah, I, I touch her, and she knows that she's snoring loud. So it's just like a gentle touch at night, and it gives me maybe just enough time to fall asleep. If, as long as I fall asleep before she does, the snoring yeah. doesn't bother me. But for instance, last night, I was really excited for this podcast, so I had trouble yeah. sleeping. <laughs> I felt like yeah, a little too. boy on Christmas Eve, you know. Good, good. So I couldn't I like sleep. to hear that. Yeah, Flip and it. yeah, and then when Ariel uh, fell asleep, I was still up there just like thinking about tomorrow and how cool it's going to be to be a fan of the show and to get to come on and talk to you. And so by the time I finally got tired, which was like around one o'clock at night, oh shit, uh, she was snoring so loud, and so I just had to nudge her. And it's it's usually towards the end of the week when she's tired from training that it's louder. Once she gets rest, she seems to be, you know, it's not even that loud of a snoring. I can just fall asleep to it. It's almost like a, a beautiful white noise to me, but it gets to a point to where it can be like a grown man sleeping next to me. What? Hey, have, why not pray to God? Um, dear God. <laughs> insane ass. I appreciate it. Fucking great mom. <laughs> Fucking, uh, keeps the house tidy like a fucking queen uh what, what about the snoring thank god what can you do you, 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 can you work with me on that start start praying for her hey what about sticking one of those things on her nose while she's sleeping i don't know i've never that thought pull, of that that pulls your nostriches open 
is that what is that what causes snoring is um congestion or whatever in the nasal cavities yeah it's probably the six gallons of fucking whey protein she consumes every day to fucking keep that body fucking humming bro protein free she is protein free not protein free uh what do you call those She, she doesn't do shakes she doesn't do shakes no wow wow yeah she does minimal shakes so shakes, you know, so we've we've always shakes are just bullshit. All all the supplement stuff's just bullshit. Got the fittest woman in the United States doesn't fucking drink uh, podium or first for me or any none of that shit. Yeah, no, not really. So that's the, if we want to touch a little bit on you know PEDs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's all juiced up. Tell us, she's all juiced up. All juiced up. Heck yeah. (laughs) She looks like it. That big old forehead of hers and the space between her teeth and that vein that runs from her toe to her fucking forehead. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I have a very different perspective on the PED use and CrossFit than a lot of people do because I get to see what Ariel is doing and what she is putting in her body as far as food, fuel, and that she's able to be third fittest in the world just by eating healthy training every day and loving crossfit and so when people are out there accusing a lot of people in the crossfit space of doing peds Mm -hmm. i know that it's possible for the people at the top of the sport to be pd free because ariel's pd free and doesn't even do supplements as far as shakers or pre-workout before workout all of that like fake it, to me, it's it's fake. Hey, Caleb, uh, do, oh, it's so fake. It's uh, Caleb. Do a um, uh, the only drug that's worth doing if if, if you got to is caffeine. Um, Caleb, do a poll. Uh, Ariel on uh, natural or steroids? Natty or not? Yeah, Natty or not? Hey, dude, she might she might be the most natural. She might present oh, as the most natural. At, she might present as the most natural athlete in the entire CrossFit space. Now that I think about it. Oh, 100%. Because, you know, when a lot of times when we're in competition before, you know, people are going out on the competition floor, they have their pre-workouts and all that stuff. And that's just something Ariel's never done to take a Does pre-workout. Does she do caffeine? Does she do caffeine? I'm, as far as caffeine, she drinks coffee, you know, Paper Street every that's morning. That's it? She doesn't that's do – she it. doesn't like snort a line of espresso beans before she goes out? Nope. Just, just – nice press coffee in the espresso machine to maybe one, two cups a day. And she's so sensitive caffeine. If she would probably drink a cup of coffee past maybe one, it's going to keep her up at night. Dude, someone thinks so, she's on something. How could you possibly think she's on something? I don't know. I can't tell you, but I live with her. That's David and- weed. That's David weed. He he's that's David weed. That's David. The guy that lives and right Dan, free Dan. in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw him. I just saw him go over to the ballot box. Yep. Oh, he's voting on five different accounts that he has, all that she's on. Wow. I see. David, get away from the computer. Ba- David, take a step back away from the computer. Sorry, I don't mean to influence the poll. If you think she's juicing, ju- ju- fucking light her up. Okay, now, this is going to get weird. We're going to let this go for like three more minutes so everyone get their votes in right now. And then we're going to pick another athlete. Oh, this is going to get fucking hairy. Because hey, because because she'll be our baseline is the what? Can we do? Is there a way to run two simultaneously polls? Is that possible? Oh yeah, can can you do two polls at the same time, Caleb? No, just the one. I have to do God, you, in this one. Sorry. YouTube's so fucking primitive. I for those of you who don't do YouTube, the tools are. How could Google be this fucking epic company and the tools be so primitive? 
The tools well, are so pr- Yes, it is me. Yeah, look at he thinks she's you fucking asshole. You're gonna burn in hell. It's cool. It's whatever. Over over the head. I, I have another. What's the other poll you want to do? What's the other yeah. poll you want to do? The other poll is I Dave Castro do... on steroids. Is Dave Castro on steroids? Actually, nothing to do with steroids. It has to oh. totally do with toilet paper. Oh, okay. So, so this is an issue in our home. It's one of the things I'll get. I get angry with Ariel about this. Hey, let me ask you this: Do you think Laura Horvat's on steroids? Do you have opinions on who you think is on steroids and who's not? A little bit. Do you think Laura but, Horvat's on steroids? No way. Yeah, me neither. I don't yeah. not even not even a tiny bit. But like you know, like, like I'm saying, I I with my what I know about Ariel and being in the CrossFit space behind the scenes, it gives more I'm gonna say validity that people aren't on steroids because I know what Ariel right. can achieve with um, not pre workout, no uh, supplements, uh, like protein right. powder, all that crap. And she's able to be the third fittest person in the world. Fittest you, in the United States. That's I, I when she posted that the other day, I was like, what a beast. Yeah, it was I so reposted cool. that shit quick. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I think honestly, I'm not gonna say nobody in, in CrossFit's on steroids, because there of course are people that have gotten popped and are on there. Right. Right. But it shows me that people can be the best and not be on steroids. Cause if Ariel can be the best one of the best in the world and not just eat healthy and train every day and love CrossFit and what she's able to accomplish, then it just goes to show what all these other people in CrossFit are able to accomplish if they're natty. Hey, um, can we go back and look at her again? Look how fucking hot your wife is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's she's banging, bro. Perfect, I got blessed, dude. Perfect teeth, perfect skin. Fucking strong, makes babies. There could be some editing on there. Who knows? Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see that flag has 52 stars. They fucked up. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, have you, have you ever done steroids? You look like you've done some steroids. Look how big your forehead is. Oh, yeah. That's because I have a receding yeah. hairline. No, you got that big. No, you don't have a receding hairline. You just got like, you, you have you ever done uh, steroids? No, I'm really honestly, I'm not really big into fitness. You're pretty big. You you got a big head and you got big shoulders. You've never done any PEDs? No. Or protein shakes. You know, so I don't do do those either. I I don't lift. Lifting is my least favorite thing to do. I like doing, you know, CrossFit workouts, EMOMs and stuff like that. So that's just a man body you have? That's just from moving sheetrock around and wearing a tool belt and and yeah, that's from like these, these back massive and... forearms that I have. That's from, you know, um, turning springs all day on garage doors. Yes, sir. You got them too. Carrying those kids around. Mine are from something different. Mine are from something different. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of this. <laughs> something. I, don't, don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass yeah. me. No, I've never masturbated in my life. Me neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, my, my body is just totally from, from work. A hundred percent. Um. So, so you you see her and you tell her, um, she, she's like, "Hey, do you want a date?" And you're like, "I want to get married." And then, how does that play out? Is she like, "Whoa, hold your horses, fuck not." You know, I don't really remember what she said after that, but I think she kind of agreed. And I think she knew I was different than a lot of people as well, just because of my upraising. I'm you not were desperate there. for a, you were desperate for a family because your shit had fallen apart. 
Yeah, something like that. No, I'm just not <laughs> over there trying to bang girls, have, you know, um, sex, just go out there being a dog, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted certain things in life, and I think she knew that, especially since we were friends and we got to know each other. She knew my values and what I wanted out of life. And she, one of the things Ariel says that besides my butt that uh, turns her on the most is what these hands can do. Oh, you know, as far as like, like she sees like she likes seeing you work with your hands. She likes to see you. Yeah. A hundred percent. She says nothing turns her on more than what I'm able to do uh, with my hands as far as construction wise building. She knows yeah. if something yeah. needs to be done that I have the abilities to do that. So she always tells me that all the time when she sees that my hands are dirty, cut up, that yeah. it turns her on. Hey, dude, that she sounds so healthy. Yeah, she is. She, I mean, she's, she's attracted to hard work, and, and she sounds like such a fucking healthy woman. Yeah. My wife used to tell me that she liked my hands, and I have the ugliest little fucking hands. But I knew when she said that that I was like, I, I'm keep, like, I, she, like, she still will tell me that to this day. I'm like, yeah, that's like, I don't, I don't take it as common. I just see it as, as like, oh, she's smart. She she is she's not looking at the things that the rest of the other women are looking at who make bad choices. I think that's. I wonder how many women look at guys' hands. I wonder if that's like a common. Uh, does your wife like your hands, Caleb? I don't know. I haven't asked her that. I think I think don't, she, you can't ask her. You get that'll ruin it if you ask her. <laughs> she's hey, never said anything. About, she likes when I like. Her. Yeah, she likes when I'm like working on the house though. Like she she, she does whenever she's just coming and hanging out. She just likes watching me work on the house. Like if but you're on the ladder like, with the tool the belt. Yeah, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Stop watching I think all start of them helping. are probably like a, a hardworking man that can build something with their hands. Yeah, I think she likes that. It's kind of cool. What are the rules, Dylan, if – if um are there any rules when she's working out? So, like, um if she's – but by the way, you got to stop shaking her when she's snoring. I don't like it. It, it gets to keep eating away at me. It's eating away oh, at me because my wife does that to me too, buddy, and I don't like it. <laughs> I fucking like I'm sleeping. My wife does that to me too. She like touches me a little. Can't, can't, it, I don't like it. It's a gentle nudge. It's just enough. she's a pro athlete, buddy. Fucking suck it up. <laughs> You're not wrong. Put some put something in your ear. She's the she's the honey. I love your snoring. Oh, or how about just record it? You know what else you could do to fuck with her? You record it with your iPhone like two oh. or three minutes and then play it back under her, under her pillow while she's sleeping hey you want some of this <laughs> yeah. hey well dude it's honestly what's funny is she's woken herself up because of her snoring yeah i've woken myself up from that too you've never done that no i i don't i, I don't snore wow I'm crazy wow yeah i don't snore i don't fart none of that god you don't fart no, I, I don't fart anymore. I used to fart in the early days a lot, my poor wife, but I don't anymore now that I got my diet kind of all dialed in. I don't really fart anymore. I do okay, the morning wait. fart. The morning the morning obligatory fart, like you walk and you go put your hand on the wall and take a piss. I let like a usually a huge ripper in there that I try to make loud. And then after that, I'm pretty good. And it doesn't even smell. And after that, I'm good. Do you do that morning one? Do, all, do you guys do the morning one? Oh Yeah, yeah we do. Um, you should. The next poll actually should be who farts more, Ariel or Dylan? <laughs> let's start here's the end of the here's the last one yeah, nice. yeah of course yeah, hey, so so that. so that was actually an iq test 10 percent of the listeners are retarded <laughs> i agree i agree but Crazy. 
That uh, Ariel, Ariel's gonna hate that I say this, but definitely in the family, the women fart the most. Yeah, it, just in, in general, in in the in the Lowen family. Uh, Ariel and Blakely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You are outnumbered though, so. I am, yeah, but Ariel knows how to fart. When when are you gonna have a second baby? Do you know? Yeah, I'll definitely be one the wheels on this train fall off of Ariel's career. What, what do you use to make sure she doesn't get, uh, uh, how, how do you time it? Does she just do like, I know do you Mennonites just like have a calendar, like the Catholics and you're like, all right, don't let one fly this week. No, sadly she's on birth control. Oh, like the, the pills, the pills. Yes. Does she know what she's doing? I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think that that fucks with your hormones. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Does she know what she's doing? Uh, I mean, we definitely don't like it, but yeah, dude, my pullout game is weak. Look what happened. We I, had it. Hey, I understand. It. I understand. <laughs> hey, dude, no one's pullout game is strong, dude. Nobody's. Yeah. There's 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 weak pullout game and there's liars. Yeah, and I don't know what condoms are, so the next option is birth control. Uh, I don't like it. I definitely will say when we're done having kids, I'm definitely gonna have a vasectomy. I don't no, 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 that puts the soul that puts in some of the special sauces, the soldiers specifically. And so that could change the, the, the texture, the viscosity, the, the everything about the, the semen, but also the ball, the balls were never meant to have, uh, have surgery on them. <laughs> well, let me ask you, please this. talk to your dad about that first. There's gotta be <laughs> yeah. something in the Mennonite rule book about fucking snipping the ball. You cannot snip the, do not, do not. Well, let, let me ask you this, Devon. You only have just two keep choices. Just, okay. You have, yeah. you have two choices. Either your wife has to be on birth control or you yeah. would have to get a vasectomy. Which one would it be? It would be a vasectomy. All but right. I don't, but I, I don't expect, what, what do they say in our, I don't accept that notion of, the, of their <laughs> only two choices. I don't accept that. Um, I, just, just I, I think you should, you should uh, um, uh, ask God, like, hey, God, what would you like to see? Uh, here, here's 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 here. I'm gonna tell you how to do it, as as your personal guidance counselor. I want you to start praying. Um, God, how many kids should we have, Ariel and I? And as you go out through the day, like you'll see numbers on billboards and shit, or like numbers will start coming to you. You'll start seeing them, and you'll see God speaking to you. <laughs> Maybe you'll pass a litter of puppies, and you'll see that dog had twelve puppies, and be like, "Oh fuck, I'm supposed to have twelve kids." But I, but I don't think this. You guys are too. You guys are too. Um, you guys are too special to only to to to. She's got to get off the pill. She's got to get off the the hormones, and um um, yeah, and and definitely don't snip the balls. You're a genetic specimen, and and uh, you you guys have to have a shitload of kids. It's, I'm getting stressed out about this. Oh, here we go. Sevon Sevon believes semen is the life force. Well, that too. It is. There um, there there's life in the semen. Yeah, bunch of bunch of soldiers. Heck yeah. Oh, look at see, he's gonna see F45 and be like, oh shit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh shit, listen to this leaky. Uh, vasectomies are so bad. This next sentence really scares me. I wish I'd never made my husband get one. Made? Ooh. 
I don't know. So it, it's totally. No one's making me. Mind. No one's making me do shit. There's nothing. My wife could tell me. Here's the thing. My wife could tell me I'm gonna leave you if you don't get a vasectomy. Whatever, bro. You said you wouldn't leave your life if she, your wife, if she cheated on you. You're full. There's no scissors. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no. There's no. No. You do it. No. No. I would fucking super glue the end shut before I fucking let them do it. Take a tube of super glue and shoot it down the fucking pipe. You just wouldn't have sex anymore. No. Well. (laughs) I, I. I. No. Uh. Uh, uh, look at Audrey. There's no putting Seve in a corner. I, I just can't. I just can't. But anyway, there's time. There's time. We're just talking about it. We're discussing it. No pressure. It hasn't pressure. been like, done you... yet. It hasn't been done yet. So good. we're all, all good. Right. Yeah. All right. But I, I would all say right. I think uh, one thing I would like to try is when Ariel decides, let's say, before the season starts, like this is going to be my last year competing, I would yeah. like her to get off of birth control because they do allegedly say that as far as it inhibits performance. Yeah. So I would like to see if that is something that would inhibit or would increase her performance if she got off of birth control. Right. So I don't approve of anal. Anal is the solution. I, I don't approve of that either. <laughs> I approve. Um, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Lenderman, my wife wants me to get a vasectomy because I keep knocking her up. That's fine. She's she's supposed to be knocked up. Uh, uh, Josh. Uh, uh, Look at this is God speaking to us. He has God in his name. Let's say uh, Dylan really is a genetic specimen. There it is. God just told us that. You have to re- look at that. Thank you. Is that? Yeah. Uh, oh, Josh Godinez. I love that. That's my boy. You know who that is, right? No. no. He uh, works for HWPO. He's one of their right hand men. Haley, could you come here a second? Oh, that's my wife. Hold on. Um, what uh, what other methods could Ariel and uh, he doesn't know what he doesn't want to wear condoms and she's on the pill. What other methods? But they they're they're very frisky. What other things could they do so that she doesn't get pregnant? You're dismissed. You're fucking dismissed. I can't even tell you what she said. What did she say? No, he no. She said abstain. The Ooh. fuck kind of answer is that? No way, never in my life. I'm not calling you on the show for a month now. I'm getting it while the getting's good. It's gonna be good for a long time. You're yeah. you're in a um uh w- when a woman is like thirty to forty, they're unsatiable. Yeah, you know. You ever know? When, isn't that weird? Like we have one and we're ready for a nap. They have one and they're like, I'm ready for fifteen more. You're like, what the fuck? I'm just getting started. Yeah, you know. I think my favorite thing about when Ariel was pregnant, which what sucked is when Ariel was pregnant, we didn't live together at the time, but she desired sex like a man would. When she when they're pregnant. When they're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Pregnant women are absolutely – oh, sorry. Speak your mind. Oh, okay. She says you should just jerk each other off. That lacks intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. The, the pregnant woman is a um, – it's nuts, right? And you don't have to worry about getting them pregnant. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, that was probably when I, I mean, of course I'm super attracted to my wife, but there was something about Ariel being pregnant with my kid that made me even more attracted to her. Yeah, me too. 
I don't not Ariel, but my wife. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and and the vagina is like just a big, wet, messy hamburger. It's just like it's just always ready. You don't even have to like. You could just run at it from across the room. What? <laughs> oh yeah, she said just have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. The the pregnant uh, vagina is the is God. It's godsend. God. Uh, I encourage you to read. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jocelyn uh, Strong. With the, oh, she's got wearing the Mennonite hat. Oh, shit. Here we go. From a fellow Mennonite. I encourage you to read Taking Charge of Your Fertility for some natural family planning. Yeah, we don't oh, how the boobs, were, the, boob, the boobs get crazy too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, amazing. It's just amazing all around. Oh, look at Jake Chapman punched lasagna. I don't know what that is, but yeah, the vagina is like, yeah, just lasagna. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hamburger. It's like a – Jonathan, the, just imagine the two pieces of bun and then the burger sticking out. That's what the – it's just a swollen, bulbous like it, – it, but with just sauce just everywhere. It's just ready. I think you're ready to have another kid. Yeah, I I am. I would, I would. If my, if my, if my wife, my wife told me if I got her pregnant again, she'd give me triplet girls. Like that's supposed to discourage me. <laughs> you know, when uh, Ariel was pregnant, we both really wanted a boy. But now that we got a girl, honestly, once you have a kid and you get their personality and find out who they are as a person, you just want a healthy kid. And yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take three yeah. girls. I, I'll take three. I would love three girls to match my three boys. Yeah, I don't even know how it'd be a, a boy dad. I think it would be weird to to have a, a son now, just because all I know is to be a dad to a little girl. But I do treat her re really roughly. She got boxing gloves for her birthday yesterday because we fight. You know, um, have, you, have, any time, have you made her cry? Have you made her cry? Yeah, a bunch? Uh, yeah, I'll put bruises on that kid. I ain't scared. I know it's funny when when whenever I fight with the, it's like. Uh, I used to fight with my sister a lot. Like we would wrestle a lot. Like we and it always ended in a fight. But it's no different with my kids. When I wrestle with my kids, but, but now usually when I wrestle with my sister, it was me who always ended up crying. But now it's always them. <laughs> but they, it always, I always end up like choking someone out, or I put my hand on someone's face so they can't breathe, or I pull hair, and they're like, "What the fuck?" I do just some dirty shit, and they start crying, and then I run out of the room like a little kid. Then I just run. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to get kicked in the knee or something. Heck yeah. No, nah, it's uh, one of the, her favorite things to do, getting home from work. She'll be like, Dad, you want to fight? You want to fight? Oh. So, you know, she enjoys fighting. And I actually want to teach her because, like, she got boxing gloves. I want her to teach her how to punch properly. You yeah. know, um, right now it's just this kind of fighting where the arms are welling left and right. I want her to be able to throw some combinations and stuff like that. I think that yeah. would be cool for her to learn, especially self-defense as she gets older and – she grows up in a ghetto school because we have 12 kids and I can't afford to put them in a good school. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking some, some um, you know, kids, some Mexicans, some Mexicans. Yeah. Yep. Hey, um, uh, you, you, when, when she's, you can, you can now start taking you. I put my kids in a striking class and a kicking kickboxing class, not a, even a class. I give them, a, they've had a one-on-one -on -one instructor since they've been four and now they're, so they've been doing it for uh, three and four years, depending on which kids I'm talking about. But all of them can throw hands like wicked combinations. They can they got footwork. You can be like uh, one, one, two, five, and they'll give a bam, 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 
bam. Like they know yeah. all they know fives of uppercut. They know the hooks. It's crazy. It's super slow. But my kid, you should start getting them an instructor. You should just hire an instructor to come to your house and train with your daughter or take her somewhere one on one, one hour a week. And dude, you'll be blown away. My kids are like, it's it's um it's really cool. It's really, 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 really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's is. my that, that kid's only six. Look at that. He's already got footwork and, and throws hands. Yeah, it's amazing. Do your kids show, show any interest like in UFC? Do they watch it with you? No, no. Like last night I watched the fights and they don't, they don't, they just, they just, if they come by, they'll be like, oh, that guy's doing an omoplata or that guy's got a good hook or hey, that guy's telegraphing his punch. Like they, they know more than I do, but they have wow. no interest in it. Like is in, um, what <clears throat> one day's wanted to be a fighter. Yeah, no, no. This kid, uh, this kid actually, Joseph yesterday walked in at the end of the fight and fell asleep on my uh, lap. And one time he looked at the TV and he goes, oh man, he goes, that blood looks gross. <laughs> so, yeah. And I sure as fuck don't want my kid getting punched in the head for a living. Yeah, I guess that's true. What? Uh, yeah, that. I didn't watch the fight, but what? I saw I went to decision with Strickland. What happened there? He won the first round, the second round, and the fifth round. Okay. In my opinion. In my opinion. He won the first round, the second round, and the fifth round. And the other guy is really scary. The South African guy was pretty amazing, Duplissy. And he took some fucking – he took so many punches to the face. But um, but uh, but they gave it to uh, they 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 gave it to Duplissy instead of Strickland. I think it was close. I think it was a split decision. One judge picked Strickland. One judge picked uh, the South African. Um, yeah, historic fitness. He was robbed. I I am biased. I really like Strickland. I like him too. I, yeah, I really. So I'm a little the uh, Bruce Wayne. The judges are horrible. Yeah, but um, but the other guy's good, and it's good. There's going to be some crazy um. There's going to be some crazy uh, fights coming up in the UFC. Yeah. Why didn't you watch it? Do you, are you not a big fan or you were? No, I'm, I'm a big fan, but um, what was it? <clears throat> what it? I think it's our time, 12 o'clock that it's on. Oh, right, right. And right. so, I mean, I, I was up till one, but I was laying in bed, you know, just being giddy. And I didn't even think about the fight as far as going and trying to watch it. And then at that time it's late and I don't want to pay 50 bucks to watch a, to watch a fight. So I just figured I'd watch the highlights. I, I usually yeah. just like to watch the highlights. You know, I, I kind of keep up uh, with the people in the UFC. Uh, very rarely will I buy a fight. If Connor's fighting, I'll, I'll buy a fight. If Connor's fighting or Nick Diaz, I like Nick Diaz a lot. I'll, I'll buy his fights, but they're not really fighting. You know, Nick is out of the, or uh, Nate, my bad. I'm talking about Nate. Nate's. I understood. I understood. Yeah, and uh, uh, Connor's allegedly supposed to fight this year, so I'll probably buy that fight. And I like Strickland, but I'm not very invested in him as far as I know a lot about him. I've just seen his clips of him talking, and I agree yeah. with a lot of the things he says. So I like him as a person. I just don't really know his fighting style or anything like that. The, the the two things I, – I don't know if I agree with what he says. I just like the fact that he's being himself, and I th I, I accept him for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I – he's not saying – he's not saying anything illogical to me. I think it's – I think it's okay to be um, – uh, um, like I don't think it makes you an Islamophobe to not like uh, – um, um, the, the religion of uh, the Muslim religion. 
Like you're, you're, you can, it's per, tons of people openly say they don't like the Christian religion. Why can't you say you don't like the Muslim religion? I mean, and, and if, and let's say you don't want a gay son, I think that's perfectly fine to not want a gay son. I think like it doesn't make you a homophobe. And so I just love the fact that he's saying that shit. And, and I think it's more, I think it's more honest and I think it's more to the sentiment of society. But on top of that, dude, he basically says, Hey man, I'm, I'm, there's nothing special about me. I'm just a fucking typical story. I grew up with a dad who was a fucking raging alcoholic who beat the fuck out of me. And so my comfort zone is beating people or getting beaten. And I'm just living my pathology and my issues over and over in the ring. And I'm like, holy fuck. And then he's, and then he's like, I'm not using this platform to glorify myself. I'm using it to stand up and fight against the evils in the world, which are like fucking, we know that all those fucking libtards out there, the crazy shit that they're doing. He wants to stand up and fight for kids. And I respect that. But then on top of all of that, he fought the greatest striker in UFC history, Israel Adesanya, the last Albender, and just using the most basic rudimentary boxing skills, but that are so dialed in, beat him. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I watched that fight. That was crazy, dude. Yeah. And, and so just there's so much being emphasized there and, and just being good at the basics and the rudimentary skills and just just always go back to the basics. And what's what's Greg Glassman say? Do the uh, common uncommonly well. And that's what he does. Yeah. His, his he, jab. His jab's insane. He would have if that fight would have gone six rounds. He's going to knock that fucker out. Heck yeah. He dug, so was, he dug was the guy that he fought. You know, what was it like a month ago when he was watching a fight and somebody said something to him and he like pushed, he asked the wife and child to move out of the way and then he punched him. That that was the guy guy he fought last night. Those two dudes fought it out in the, in the audience, just like the week before, you know, a month or two before, which was, it's kind of, and and they didn't even care after the fight. They were like, oh, good. Even though they fought in the stands, there was like, they didn't talk shit. They weren't like your wife's a whore. They were like, (laughs) they were totally cool with each other. Yeah, well, I've never personally fought somebody, but the weird thing is when people get into a fist fight, they seem to yeah. always be friends afterwards. In the real yeah, world, think- maybe not in the cage, but in the real world, I've seen people fist fight and then they become great buddies afterwards, which is really strange to me. Well, well you have to think at least um, at least those dudes in the – oh, here it is. Look at Look, look. Here they are. Look at Oh yeah, yeah. He asked that. Oh shit! He asked that little kid to move. You're right. I didn't never notice that before. He's like, yeah. "Excuse me, kid." Yeah, excuse me. You know, I, I that's things I like about him. I maybe not agree with everything <laughs> oh, he said. Oh shit! <laughs> but uh, he had. I don't know. He had a, a amount of respect and control that he was able to ask this kid to move out of the way before he was about to, you know, beat the shit out of this guy. Um, hey, look what a good fighter he is, too. As as he's throwing those punches down on the head, instead of hitting him with the fist on the head, he turns it at the last minute and gets in some... Some elbows. Yeah. Damn, look how quick the security gets there. Look at the bald bald black dude and the bald white dude. Heck, yeah. Crazy. I got a lot of respect for those guys because I've always wondered what type of person I'd be in a situation like that in a flight or a fight mode, flight or fight. Yeah. Mode. If I'm going to be a fighter or if I'm going to run away with my, you know, tail between my pants, I'd like to think I would fight, but you just never know until you're put into that situation. You, do you remember the last time you told someone to fuck off? 
like just like on the street or like or just anywhere like in your car like someone likes tailgating you and they pull up next to you to light you roll on your window you're like hey and they lower the window you're like fuck off man you know i think i've only been so angry in my life twice that i'd want to try to beat the shit out of somebody and it's both mm. it's both been times that people did me wrong in business oh oh yeah and uh what, what, what have you ever been with ariel when someone went in someone cat calls her uh that's happened actually once when we were dating at a bowling alley huh? and it was like a group of us my sister two of her friends ariel and these guys mexicans wearing their dallas cowboys t-shirts yeah came yeah. over there and we're trying to holler at the girls and holler they were trying to holler they were trying to holler that's what they were doing you know trying to holler and uh the first time i let it slide because the women like ariel and them said no we're not interested but after the second time i did approach them and i'm like dude they already told you no and that was a time i did think i was gonna get into a fight because you know that they were hoodlums i guess you could call it you know they weren't scared to get into a fight but I just, just told them, like, dude, they're not interested. Leave us alone. And they're like, let's go outside. Let's take us to the parking lot. And I would have gotten jumped because it was like four guys and it was right. me and one other guy. So it wouldn't have worked out well. But, yeah, that's, that's been, Ariel's been catcalled there. And other times Ariel's just been told that she is beautiful from a man while I was there. <laughs> like, yeah, respectfully. Hey, right. Hey, I mean – you got to be cool with that. Well, first of all, if you think you're the only person who wants to fuck your wife and you're a man in this world, you're out of your fucking mind. Like you didn't pick, you didn't pick a woman. You're not like, fuck, I'm gonna pick a fucking a chick with only with no arms, no legs and a fucking eye missing. So no one else wants to fuck. Her. Oh, you, I mean like no one's, no one's doing that picking a chick. But on top of that, I, um, her w without a fan base, there's no, there's no career for um it's it's like if people didn't need rain gutters there'd be no job for your dad and so yeah. if there weren't people who admired uh, ariel for her physical abilities her beauty her grace her what how she performs on the world stage at the crossfit games there would be there she she, she couldn't do it and 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 make money so i i guess i guess there's a uh a give and take but it's not yeah. like she it, it, all, all the guys out like this sport if these girls were wearing fucking burkas out there uh, no, this sport would be dead in the water. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm not ignorant to the fact. The bra that panties. I, I'm not criticizing you, by the way, either. But the bra no. panty working on your bra and panties part is is like it, it, like let, I mean, we're at the 51 yard line of what makes this thing roll. Oh yeah, dude. No, there, there's. I'm not ignorant to the fact that there's men and probably women out there that would lots desire, of women. Yeah, yeah, that desire Ariel that probably go and rub one out. You know, to, to to the thought of Ariel, I, I did that uh, when ladies, I was younger. You know, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're rubbing one out to anything CrossFit puts out, you have fucking serious issues. <laughs> so you ever rub one out to any CrossFit content? Me, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. That's just fucking crazy. Yeah. The CrossFit Games is like the worst porn ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But but there are. You're right. There are. There's fucking a half million people, yeah. dudes out there who do. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of my growth as a person has come through that because I would say my biggest fault as a person is trust. 
wow. You did you dig through her phone? You do you read uh, Ariel's texts? No, not like that. I've never. But you want you're up at night being like, I'll fucking go over to her phone. I swear to fucking God, I'll go look in those DMs, see what Sevy's saying to her. Yeah, yeah. I would. I wouldn't. I'd be lying if I said the thoughts never gone through my mind about. Yeah. One. This is when we we're younger, not in our marriage, because my trust has grown a lot. But from the time when we started dating. And I, I would say not right when we started dating, but a little bit more when we started having, you know, issues in our relationship to before we got married. I had a lot of trust issues. And that just stems from when I was younger and the relationship issues that my parents had. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to grow up with some trust issues. hundred. I mean, I don't think there's no way around it. But I saw that my parents had trust issues and the way my mom knew what my dad was doing and not trusting him that I'm going to have some kind of trust issues in my relationship growing up. And those are things that I've worked on. I've never been one to look through her phone. I've uh, been more as a person, like I'm going to trust you until you do something that mm. gives me a reason not to trust you. And mm. that did happen in our early years when we were dating. And I just had to overcome that, uh, that issue and just work on my trust. And there, you know, there was a point to where I think Ariel wasn't as devoted to our relationship as I was. And I was probably. Oh, she pulled the internet right there. She was sitting by the internet the whole time. She just cut the cord. (laughs) You froze for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, uh, there was issues when we were in our early years dating with me, not trusting her. And that's actually how I got this messed up eye right here. Why? What happened? Uh, all right. So good story. Okay. Well, back, back in the day when we were dating, she had told me that she had deleted her Snapchat. Okay. And so the preference before that is I felt like I couldn't trust her because she would talk to some guys and I never know what anything led to. And I, as people usually build up things worse in our heads than they actually are. Right. And so uh, I just felt like I couldn't trust her. And so she said she deleted, you know, Snapchat. You were, but the truth is you were insecure about her talking to other dudes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right, right. You know, yeah, I guess that's how I was insecure, and so I felt like I couldn't trust her. It was 100%, I think, a me thing because Ariel's never – I've never been able to – besides just maybe seeing somebody that she talked to that I didn't approve of, Right. there was nothing that I could see that she had been um, misleading me or be unfaithful to me. You never went went to her house, and and you went to her bedroom, and there was a used condom in the trash can. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. along those lines or anything. And it was just all me being speculating and 100% uh, insecure. And so then yeah, trust yeah. issues arise. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, um, she told me, like, I didn't tell her to delete her Snapchat. And uh, you, you familiar with Snapchat? Kind of. I, I I know of it. I've never used I tried. I had it on my phone for a second. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. It's like it was like, but I understand like it's it's where you things disappear. You send like dick exactly. pics and then they disappear. Yeah. Yeah. But you can still uh, see who they are communicating to. 
And so um, she was just with communicating with people that I probably wouldn't approve of, especially, mm -hmm. like I said, I think I was at a different level of commitment to our relationship where I wouldn't say I had any female friends because I just think that can really, that can lead to issues. But anyway, right. so she told me, she's like, I'm going to delete my Snapchat. And I was like, you don't need to delete your Snapchat. I just don't want you Snapchatting these guys. And I just think it's weird if you're doing that on a platform like that, where yeah, things are yeah. getting automatically deleted. Right. And so she did, she deleted it. And long story short, we're at a wedding and we're talking amongst our friends and stuff. And one of her friends mentions to her, Hey, have you been getting these things that I, I sent you on Snapchat? And I, I, that's where I come to find out like, Hey, you told me you deleted Snapchat, but when we're not around, you're redownloading the app. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sketchy, right? <laughs> <laughs> sketchy. Yeah, so you can't that's check sketchy. it motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I find out that, and what what ticked me off because of that is I was like, dude, don't delete the Snapchat. I don't care about the Snapchat. I just care about who you're talking to. And but she's like, I'm gonna delete it. I'm gonna delete it. And then when she's not around me, she's re-downloading the app. So it's a little. She's you know, a Snapchat scary. addict. She's a Snapchat addict. Snapchat. Yeah. Addict. Who knows? Who knows? You know, that's one thing I've yeah. talked it up to. This is before our marriage, and it is what it is. You know. Uh, Boy. Nobody's perfect. So, dude, that so sounds anyways, perfect to me. I, I, I'm not even giving her a ding for that. Man, I did some. That's, hey, that's good. It's I, my, it's, it's my insecurities. So, I, so, uh, I go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, so I was already pretty intoxicated at this point. I had already I had bought two small little bottles of Fireball. I was planning uh -huh. on getting. You know, it was a, a wedding. I was planning on drinking. Yeah, and I had drinking. I had drunk one already. And yeah. so when I found out that she's re-downloading the Snapchat app when we're not around, I went and drank yeah. the other one. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. like, F this, man. I'm going to get wasted tonight. And yeah. so so I got wasted. It was the first time I ever blacked out. I, don't, wow. I always thought people talking about blacking out was fake until it happened yeah. to me. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're driving home from the wedding. Well, we're driving to her parents' house. I was going to stay with her at her parents' house because the wedding was in the town she was living at. And I was upset. And I just told her, you know, let me out of the car. I don't want to, you know, be around you right now. And so she lets me out of the car. And that's the last memory I have until I, like, wake up from this blackout. And I'm walking on some railroad tracks. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm walking on these railroad tracks. And I come to a stationary train that has these oil tankers you know, about 15 feet up as high as a train can get. And there's just a line of them. And I have the smart idea that I'm going to climb up this oil tanker and I'm going to run from one to the next, you know, I don't know, just being young and dumb. And so I did climb up there, run from one tanker to the next. And then once I got exhausted, I'm like, I'm going to turn back around, get off from where I came from. And I'm going to find my way back to Ariel's house and whatever. Well, somewhere along the lines of walking back, I tripped and fell. And the last thing I remember is trying to grab the top of the train. Yeah. And, and then I wake up and my whole left side of my body is hurting, tore up. I can't see. And where are you? Are you on the ground? Are you on the ground? Yeah, I'm on the ground. So I fell, you know, 15 feet-ish, standing up straight to the ground. And then tr tracks are usually kind of built up. 
So, yeah. you know, I probably f- I fell a good 15 to 20 feet on a rocky surface and it, it yeah. knocked me out. Next thing I know, I wake up and my whole left side of my body is hurting. It's, it hurts to breathe. My arms tore up and I can't see out of my eye. And so I pull out my phone and I call Ariel and I only got out, baby, I'm not doing so well. And then my phone dies. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so uh, I have no idea where I'm at. You know, like I said, I I blacked out and somehow I got to this train place and got there. So I spent the next, I walked all night. I spent the next like six, seven hours getting my way back to Ariel's house. And I wasn't really familiar with the city. So I just knew once I got to this interstate, I could get to Ariel's house. And eventually I found the interstate, got to Ariel's house, showed up as the sun is rising, knock on her door. She opens it and just starts crying. And uh, actually, Adel, go, to, uh, go to my Instagram page and you'll see my messed up eye after I had surgery. Oh, you had to have surgery? Yeah. Can you zoom in on that? Yeah, that's, that's like 35 stitches. I, so I ripped my eyelid off of my eye and it was hanging on the side of my face. And so I had to, <laughs> I had to get a reconstructive surgery to reattach the muscle that lets me blink. And then I had to get X amount. I, he said like 35 stitches above my eyelash or my eyebrow to stitch yeah. that all back together. And then I had, I, I would assume a few broken ribs because it hurt to breathe for for X amount of months or weeks. Yep. Yeah. And then yep, I had to get stitches right. on my arm as well. I tore my arm open. So, um, yeah. And then I married Ariel after that. How long did you stop drinking after that? Uh, I've never gotten to that intoxication rate since then. I learned a lesson from that. I'm not going to ever black out. I'm never going to drink out of anger. And I, we rarely yeah. don't, we don't drink, you know, the last time that I drank was when Ariel won or not won, but podiumed at the games. So that's the last time I had a sip of alcohol and, had and that get, was probably had with get, me. And that was probably with me at the dinner table. No, it was at the after party. I got drunk. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I got a funny story about that too. If you want to hear, please, please. Uh, you start Snapchatting with Daniel, you Snapchat with Daniel Brandon now. Yeah. If I was doing that, Ariel would be so upset with me. <laughs> but no um so i got pretty intoxicated at the when ariel podiumed at the uh crossfit games at the after party yeah and our flight the next morning was leaving pretty early and i've never been one to have good hangovers i usually like i'm puking the next day until almost like alcohol is a poison i'm puking till like five o'clock in the evening just constantly and so uh we're we're over here going to the airport I'm feeling like shit. I'm throwing up. Yeah. I have a wow. huge hangover. Wow. And uh, do you know what the dads are? No, but but was she was she hung over like that too? Nah, she didn't drink. Oh she had nice. one Good drink. Job. Yeah, she I've seen in our eleven years together, I've seen Ariel drunk twice. Wow. Yeah. Great stories too. Um but uh so so yeah, dads are the day after drinking shits. You've never heard of those? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like where you got a um, basically diarrhea. Yeah. So we're in the airport, and I have those. My my stomach is grumbling. I'm feeling horrible. 
and I have to go into a family, one of those family stalls, because it's the only thing that was available, where it's wide open yeah. and you just lock the door. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, you know, puking, where I'm, I'm pooping, I'm puking, and I'm on Instagram, and Ariel has her post come up where she's podiumed at the games, and it's an emotional song that's like, Spirit lead me. Something along those oh, lines. Oh, and you start crying, and you start crying. So, bro, get this: I'm I puke, cry, and shit all at the same time. Probably little <laughs> pee, and probably little peeing. Probably because at that point, yeah. all the words yeah. are coming out. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm bent over on the toilet. There's a drain on the floor. Yeah, I can't, you know, throw up in the, I can't throw up in the toilet because I'm using the toilet. So I'm, right. I'm just bent over throwing up in this drain, crying, looking at Ariel's post that she just uh, made, that post right there. And it was just an interesting mix of emotions that all come together in one. And I just thought it was a funny story to myself that I'm over here feeling like crap. I'm puking my guts out. I'm pooping. And then at the same time, I'm super emotional about what Ariel accomplished. And still, you know, to this day, if you play that, I might cry because that thing makes okay. me so hold, hold on, Hold on one second. It. Hold on one second. We have to take a one-minute break while I pee. My bladder is about to pop. You don't even have to do want it. to do CrossFit. Do you don't have to want to be a coach. You don't have to want to be a trainer. If you just want the operating manual to your body, it's not just Forge and Elite Fitness. It's the operating manual to the human genome. You'll take this CrossFit Level 1 seminar and you will walk away inspired. From the second you leave, your entire life will change. You will make significant changes to your life because you are excited. You will, you will start tweaking with your diet. You'll start tweaking with your movement. You'll start tweaking with who you hang out with. Everything will take a shift. For some people, it'll be massive. For some people, it'll be a little bit. No matter what, you'll move towards a better life. Everyone is going to sense it in you that you are more accountable, more personally responsible, happier, more helpful, more, more thoughtful human being. And you'll be nicer to look at. You might talk too much shit about CrossFit, but... Oh. Better? Okay. Uh, so... So you're puking into the drain. I'm, I, need yeah, I'm pooping. I need to run a commercial for Vindicate for now on whenever I take a break. I need to sell more shirts. Um, uh, you're, you're pooping, you're puking, and you're crying, and you're peeing. Well, yeah. and, and, and scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> Not just looking at what Ariel posted. I'm just yeah. – this is on repeat. You know, even still to, to today – we can't believe that aerial podium at the games. It it seems like a dream. It's it's unreal. Not in our wildest imagination would we ever think that Ariel would stand on the podium. We're just, dude. Laura Horvat wrote "Love you, Ariel." I didn't even know Laura had love in her heart. That's amazing, dude. Laura is one of the coolest people at the games, and her tell and me, Ariel tell have me. an awesome relationship. Oh wow! I love. I, I personally, I love Laura. She's awesome. Yeah, me too. But it's it's one way. She's not reciprocating. It's just one way. I love her too, but it's fucking one way. I don't know, dude. I think she's definitely playing that game that you think y'all are playing. That's okay. why I love her, because I see that in her. I right. see her being that kind of person. 
I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, she, the other day when I called her phone, she could have just, um, she could have just not answered. Instead, she passed it off to her brother. <laughs> yeah. I talked to Christoph about that at Wadapalooza. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did. I, cause I was watch. I watch you. I, I basically watch you every morning. I thank I'm you. Not, usually don't watch you. you live. I'll just throw in an ear pod and that's usually my mornings when I'm working. I'm just, you know, listening to y'all talk. It's, it's almost every morning. So I catch about everything that you talk about every day or whatever you're doing. So I believe that was Christmas morning, something along those lines that you uh, called her and Chris. Oh, maybe it was Christmas morning. Maybe it was God. The, no wonder she doesn't like me. The audacity to fucking just call her on Christmas morning. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I will say that was the only thing Christoph wasn't crazy about was that you had called on Christmas morning. Fuck that dude. Beat his ass when I see him. Hey, I, 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 I'm going to tell you this. This is what a, a prick I am. I asked someone to be on my podcast and they said, sorry, I can't. It's my birthday. <laughs> it, and in my mind, I was like, uh, like, that's not an excuse. That's like, oh, you should be thankful. Oh, I've, there's no better way I'd like to spend my birthday than be on the Sevon podcast. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I so. mean, if you asked me to be on your podcast for my birthday, I would think it would be super awesome. Just what about Christmas? Would you come on on start- Christmas? Would you, how about Christmas morning? Would you come on Christmas? I would, but I would also ask Ariel if it's okay. Like if we're going to speak for two hours yeah, or something yeah. along those lines, I would definitely yeah. ask Ariel about it. I personally would want to, but if she's like, hey, that's going to take away from us opening presents and spending family time. Cause hey, Ariel, dude, it's Chris, the, Christian, the Christian thing to do is to come on this podcast on Christmas morning and give. Hey, Caleb, stop. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a laughing matter. This is serious as a heart attack. Hunter and Hiller came on here Christmas morning because – it's their way of giving back. It's a day of giving. It's what God would want them to do. Yeah, that's true. It was their gift from them to you. To everyone, to all, all of humanity. Yeah. Next next kid Ariel has when we're in labor, I'll hop on. Let's do a lot. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> how, about, how about Cara Saunders? Do you like her? Yeah, she's, a, I, 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 she's like the Australian version of maybe Ariel, but with the, she got a little more, she got edge to her. I think maybe Ariel has some edge to her, though, that we just haven't seen yet. She keeps on the down low, but that you see it. Yeah. Like when I Ariel mean, turns off the lights in the bedroom, you you ain't turning them back on. Like when she goes to bed, you, you ain't fucking around. If you got to do something, like you got to leave the room and do it. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, she's, it's, my wife's not like that. I'll turn on the fucking lights. I don't care. But you, I know you can't do that. She'll fuck you yeah. up. Yeah. You know, the thing about Kara is I really – she's probably one of the only ones I really haven't gotten to know because I only saw her at one games. You know, she wasn't here this past year, and she wasn't there Ariel's first year because of COVID. Okay. Say that again. She's one of the only ones you haven't gotten to know because of why? Because she hasn't been around while Ariel's been at the games because she was, right. you know, pregnant this last year. And then yeah. the year before that, she was at the games – and we we spoke a little bit with her, but not a lot. And the year before that, she had uh, COVID, I believe. I can't remember, but she's only been at one of the games that Ariel's been at versus yeah. the women that have been there all three years that Ariel's competed. We've gotten to yeah. know all of them re- really well, especially the la- this last year. We've made friends with – I almost want to say we're like friends with everybody, especially on the women's side – 
since that's what Ariel competes in, that's what I focus on. How about on. Guzan? How about Guzan? Guzan yeah, and, and Jake Guzan and, and Alex Guzan. I could see you guys like going on a cruise with them or some shit. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I would say out of the top, the top five uh, that we're like really close with, the closest would probably be Emily Roth and her husband. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem cool as shit. If you guys do, oh, I want to go on a cruise with Emily and her husband, you and Ariel. And Gazan and Jake, oh, we would. That would be so fucking fun. Those are her husband's funny as shit. Oh, bro, dude, Emily's she is husband, so funny dude. I wish I was yeah. that funny. He's such yeah, a good me guy. too. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like I like Kyle so much because he's just another dude. You know, um, I kind of feel like Jessica, back- you can come too. We need a we need a we need uh, someone with mach- Jessica. You come too. We need you there. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of guys backstage, you know, most of them are coaches and they kind of act in that role. There's a few that don't. Um, Alexis Raptus is coach. Yeah, uh, he's cool. I like Adam, him. He's yeah. such a cool dude. Yeah. I love him. Um, I love her too. What a, what a cool chick. Oh, dude. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so kind. Yeah, I like and, her. And, so. and not presumptuous. And not presumptuous. There's nothing... Um, She's so she's so approachable. I, I really like her. Yeah. She's she's sweet. I equate yeah. her, I think you said it before. She's like the girl next door. That yeah. If my if uh if I could, my my younger brother, uh man, that's the guy that I would set them up with for marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can. I think you could set that up. She might be a little out of my bros league, but nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but us us low ends, we, we like to we get the girls out of our leagues. Yeah, totally. She needs Alexis needs a, a bad boy. Is your brother a bad boy? She's so pure. She needs a bad boy. Nah, bro. My brother is the good, like one of the best kids out there. He just graduated tech with a civil engineering degree. Put oh, well, that she needs that too. She needs a guy with a good job so she can keep pursuing her a fruitless, uh, uh, no money CrossFit career. Yeah, he, uh, bro. He put himself through school. He did every. He did all the things that I thought I couldn't do, and. Uh, Talking about proud, I try to tell him how proud I am of him all the time because oh. I always, I always had the excuse that I couldn't go to college because I'd have to pay for it and I still have to pay other bills. But he was able to do all the things that I said weren't possible, and I wish I was a better brother and we would have had more time when we were younger to mm. live together because the only times we lived together was when. He was really young and it fell on my shoulders or my sister's shoulders to take care of him. Mm. And then when my parents divorced and she got remarried, he left with them. And so we really didn't have our teenage years or his teenage years for me to be like a big brother to him. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, he's besides my dad, he's probably my other best friend. And mm. we have a really close relationship. And I, I always want, he, you know, he graduated this fall and I just keep reminding him how proud I am of him because he has accomplished some things that I personally couldn't have done. And so um, that's one person I also tell to, I love, you know, I'm working on getting that to my dad so he can say it without feeling awkward. But I do tell my brother all the time. I love him so much. He was just here yesterday for my uh, daughter's birthday party. And, you know, we spend all together. We were, I made him work. I made him help me install garage doors, you know, and, He's the awesome. same way. Yes. Wants, yes. Yeah. He wants to make, uh, my mom tells me all the time that he looks up to me a lot. And so 
I can literally make him do anything because he knows it will make me make it will make me feel proud of him. So I, yeah. I can sucker him into working because he knows that if he works with me, that I'll be proud of him. <laughs> or I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I love to hear sibling stories like that. I love to hear because I, I want my boys to get along so well. I want them to be best friends. Hey, I, I, you know what I really like about Jake Gazan too is how proud he's so. I mean, I mean, it comes off of you too, by the way, but he's so proud of his wife. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the husband and also her biggest fan. He's so fucking proud, and he should be proud of her. He doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he takes a second of it for granted. It's it's like I'm just so impressed at his. Um, he, he you can just tell it oozes off of him how excited he is about about uh, what she's doing. It oozes off of you too. I mean, it's it, it's really um, those women are blessed to have uh two you, ariel and uh alex are blessed to have you and um and jake in their lives to to support them like that you know some fucking husbands i don't know these kind of people but some husbands would be fucking jealous of their wife's success yeah dude people and, have actually actually asked me about that and dude there's nothing but pride in ariel I, yeah the way i equate it to is when um Let's say somebody that has a child and they're super competitive and they were an athlete younger and they had dreams of being a professional athlete. And then they live through their kid. And because when I was younger, I was athletic. I did play sports in high school a little bit. And I did want to be a professional baseball player. That was my dream. You know, as as we're young, we, we have dreams. And now Ariel's being a professional athlete. I feel like I'm living my dreams through Ariel. Mm. Oh, you don't mm. know how much fun I have going to these competitions and getting to see her compete and just the experiences that we've been able to have. The past three years have definitely been the best years of my life. Just being able to see Ariel grow and do something that was her dream because you know she's been doing CrossFit since like 2012, 2013. And I was there when she started CrossFit. I was there when she did her first competition and how much love she had for it and the fire she had to compete. And also I got to see the downside of when she thought she wasn't good enough to make it to the games because she always fell short of that goal. And now just the success that she's had the last three years, dude, it's been, um, it makes me emotional when I think about it because I couldn't be more proud of what she's been able to accomplish the last three years and live out her dream because not many people get to live out their dream. You know, I'll never be a professional baseball player. I don't know what what dream did you have when you were younger? Um, B, you were saying with you, like, I'm sure y'all had dreams that y'all wanted to be maybe a professional athlete or some, some I, I don't know about Savannah. My, my athlete, junior but. year, my junior year, there was an essay. Oh, what is your dream? What, where do you see yourself in, in like 20 or 30 years? I, and I swear to God, my essay was, is that I worked in a brothel <laughs> and you that, and that I was, happen. yeah, it was, it was, I, I was so proud of that. I was so proud of that fucking essay. Hey, um, here's the thing. You are, a, she may be living her dream, but you're doing something so important that's almost even more important than people who are living their dreams. You're witnessing. And when I think of people like Shane Orr or Sammy or 
uh, Rich Froning's wife, Hillary, or or you or Jake, it takes a very special person to be a witness around a bird that wants to fly up to the sun. You have these. You're married to these people who have these. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it's Elon Musk type aspirations, but they're fucking crazy. They think we're going to go to Mars, and instead of instead of squashing their dreams or arguing their limitations for them, you take the 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 stance of the witness. You're there to hold the space for them and be a witness and make room for them to um, live their dream. It's like the difference between the sun and the earth, right? The sun just does one thing. It just shines down that ball of fire on the earth, and then all the miracles happen here. So it's almost like she's the earth and you're the sun, right? You just shine the light on her, hold the space, and be there for her while the miracle of fucking existence unfolds in front of you. But without you, it might not happen. And it takes such a fucking... That's so many people will not either be great or get to be around people who are great because they don't know how to operate and not hold other people's dreams back. And um, and and, and those people, uh, uh, Emily Rolf, um, uh, um, Ariel, Alex, Kazan, they're blessed to have humans like you in their life who will be there to to uh, to, to, to to witness it for them to to make that a safe place for them to have these crazy unrealistic um goals and then achieve them yeah do, do you do you know what clicked for um well do you know what makes you what quality of about you that makes you capable to be that kind of person to be around someone who can achieve greatness um i don't know i just want to see everybody be able to do their best mm. you know i, I mean like I guess one of the best things we could want for other people is to be, I guess, happy, successful. I want other people to feel the same way I would want to feel. But and you could have said to her, but, but Dylan, you could have said to her, Hey, Ariel, you haven't made it to the games yet. We want to have kids. Let's get our, let's, you could have given the whole, let's get our life started. Stop chasing these dreams. Go get a job at Starbucks. In five years, you'll be the district manager for all the Starbucks in the area. You'll have health insurance. You'll be making $103,000 a year. All my construction job, just be cool, girl. Just be just. And instead, you were like, you didn't do that. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to hold somebody back from their dreams. You know, one of my dreams also was to be a business owner. Mm. And when we were younger, and I would need financial backing. Me and Ariel aren't even dating, and she she she's always been really well with money and has savings. She she wouldn't hesitate to give me ten thousand dollars, and we're only dating. So she right. supported she supported me and what I would want to do. How could I not support her in chasing something she wants to do? And I've always 100% believed that Ariel had the potential to go to the CrossFit Games because from day one, she was a phenomenal athlete. It's just those opportunities weren't there when she was younger, chasing the dream. I hate to, I don't, I'm not even saying it, I hate to say it, but I just don't think spiritually ariel was ready to make that next step to go to the games because before she made it to the games crossfit was at the top of her pyramid it was all about crossfit then it was family relationship faith and ariel changed 
that pyramid and put faith on top. And when that happened, I'm going to say God blessed her with like, hey, now you're ready. Because wow. nothing, cha nothing changed, you know, Ariel. I was going to ask you what clicked for her. And I thought you were going to be like, she started incorporating pull-ups more or she ran more. But it's not that. You're no, saying she changed her priorities. She changed her priorities. And CrossFit no longer was at the top of you know her pyramid that held so much weight on who she was as a person, who uh, her success. And she put God in that place. And I feel like God was like, man, now, my child, you're ready to do something great and uh, through me. And that, that's just how I equate it because that's the only thing. Have you ever changed. talked to her about that or is, is, is you're just thinking this now? No, no, I've, I've, I've talked to her about that. We've, we've had that. The only the joke that I say is to everybody, the only things that changed that made her great was either one, she took my last name. Hmm. And, and so when she took my last name, I gave her super abilities to make it to the games or two, something about having a child did something to her as well mentally um, mm. that changed her mentality. I, I, you know, I think giving probably birth is it's superhuman and mm -hmm. that maybe gave her also the ability to think that I can achieve anything. And so those two things, the, the funny one is the last name, but the, having a child and um, taking my last name were probably, probably besides God, the reason she made it to the games. Um, you, you say that jokingly about taking your name, but there is a selflessness of taking someone else's name that maybe a, 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 a piece of her that was maybe holding her back, she let go of and she transformed. And that's, that's not, it's not so much the, the, the taking of your name is just a symbol of that, but it's not actually that, but it, it but it probably does point to something that freed her. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? Like, like a shedding of the skin and, and sort of like this rebirth and, and it's, and it's a, um, all of those things combined. There, there probably is something there. Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, she had an awesome last name. It was Armstrong. Well, oh, that is a good last name. Fuck. Yeah. So Ariel so Armstrong, whole, that's strong as shit. Wow. <laughs> it is strong. And so she really loved that name for CrossFit. And she thinks about it now, too, sometimes. Lowen's like, good, dude. Lowen's good. Every, her, Lowen's good. That she, she, yeah, Lowen's good. Trust me. Hey, and here's the thing. She changed it in time. I didn't even know that. Like there's other athletes that like Tia Toomey will always be Tia Toomey. She'll never be yep. Tia or in our heads. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. So, so. I, I, she changed. Yeah. I, I think of her, everyone knows who Ariel Lowen is. So she changed it a good yeah. time. Heck yeah. And honestly, it's almost like a manifest destiny. So Ariel's name means um, like a lion, I believe, or line of, I think it's line of God. And our last name, Lowen, means like a lion. And then my first name means something about lions. So it's weird how the lion is kind of incorporated now with Ariel's first name, her last name, and my first and last name as well. Um, oh, no, Dylan, I'm sorry. I don't think Dylan has anything to do with lion. But Lowen and Ariel both mean lion in some kind of terms. And so I think that's kind of cool that uh, that kind of play together. 
And so that's like why we have her where she works out in her gym. It's the lion's den. And mm. then the gym that we're building right now back behind her house, we're going to try to name it something on the basis of a lion. We thought about pride, mm. uh, CrossFit, but nowadays when I think of pride, it makes me think of LGBTQ. <laughs> Because oh, right. uh, I don't know. I'm sure you know a, a, um, a pack of lions is a pride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the I cat's think, name yeah. in the Smurfs was uh, um, Ariel. Uh, oh, really? Right. Hey, look, there you go. I used I to watch know. the Smurfs a little bit. The Smurfs were crazy. Yeah. 200 dudes and one chick. <laughs> Smurfette. That was that's, fucking a weird That's why they were all that blue. Weird... That, that's, that's, that's why they were all blue, bro. They had blue balls. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, that's actually a, like a, a little. Um, God, you're I'm sure so stoked, dude. You're living the dream. Look at that. Hey, point that out there again. What are those three towers to the right of it? Um, are those like cages for trees so deer don't eat them? What are those things? Man, uh, to the right. Well, See we all have, those towers? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's like uh, six pillars. Oh, they look like yeah, they're, they're uh, nets for trees so deer don't eat them. No, those are pillars for a fence. Oh, yeah. We're I'd like to see some of... fruit trees. I'd like to see some fruit trees planted on the property. Oh, is that oh, where you definitely. and Ariel sleep? Is that the sacred bed? Yeah, that's where the magic happens, right there. Damn. Damn. All the viewers, look how, look how clean your house is. Yeah, that's one of the things I appreciate about Ariel too. Is she uh, cleans our house really, really well? She keeps it nice and tidy. I like a tidy house but i'm not one to do that myself so the fact that ariel will do that for me i'm gonna have to plug in my phone real quick i'm, I'm my, uh, my wife keeps my house clean too it's so fucking cool i'm so i wake up every morning i'm the first one to wake up and our kitchen is spotless i cannot believe how i can't believe and, and all the clothes are always folded and shit it's crazy oh yeah no 100 percent. like when we get back from wadapalooza uh, like when we got back from Wadapalooza, the first thing she did was she took all of our clothes out. It's late at night. We get home at like nine o'clock and she's already starting laundry. Oh, I do the laundry. I get, I, we fight over, I, I do the laundry. My wife doesn't like it because I like to use the chemical shit, but then I triple rinse. I probably waste a shitload of water, but, um, but, but I don't do the folding, but I love doing the wash. I like, I like pushing the buttons on the machine and listening to it start up. <laughs> I just like working outside. I let Ariel do everything on the inside. All right, Dylan. Thank you. I can't believe yeah. it. Two hours and 42 minutes. I'm on vacation. Like I've, I've already told myself, I'm like, fuck, I don't even want to do any podcast, let alone anything over 90 minutes. I can't even believe this. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad that we were able to go this long. I was, my, my only worry was that it was going to be so boring for you that you're going to be 30 minutes into it and be like, all right, thank you. Talk to you later. And then no, play. well, <laughs> Hey, listen, so it kind of was like that. So I was already uh, last night. I text Danielle Brandon. I'm like, Hey, you want to come on at 8 AM? Like I thought I'd have you like for, I thought I'd have you for like 45 minutes, kick you to the curb. Um, talk about you and Ariel having sex and then be done. And then, uh, and then have Danielle on, but fuck dude, two hours and 42 minutes. It was easy. I fucking love you, dude. You're dope. Man. I appreciate that. I love listening to both of y'all. Y'all make a great team and I, I love to listening, listening to Caleb. Every day. I love listening to Caleb. Me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, just a, a quick backstory. Uh, 
I did the behind the scenes for the first time in five years this year. It was it was very weird for me. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a, it was a a dream come true. And every night, I just would get up in the morning. I would film all day. I didn't want to really talk to anyone. Just do my interviews, and then I would rush back to the hotel. I didn't want to interact really with anyone, and I would rush back to the hotel. And um, Caleb and I would sit down at this table. And Caleb and I would order uh, a steak with a side of broccoli and then just as many margaritas as we could drink. And just about every night, Dylan would come join us. And it was such a fucking treat. Um, you assimilated so well. I was so comfortable around you. I really just wanted to decompress and not talk to anyone. And I never felt like I had to talk to you. You never made me feel awkward. I get social anxiety and you were just like, you didn't, you were so, and I, after the second night, I was kind of like looking for you. Maybe I even started texting you. Hey, we're at dinner. I can't remember, but I was just excited to see you every night. And, uh, and I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you. You, you added to my, uh, experience this year doing the behind the scenes. I appreciate you. I, I, I hope, I hope I get to do it again. And I hope we're in the same hotel and, and we can have steak and, and booze every night again. Yeah, 100%. I'll look forward to it, man. Hope to see you uh, at the Dickies Arena. Yeah, make sure Ariel makes it to the games just for that reason so we can hang. Yeah, that's that's the only reason we're going is so we can hang out with Savon. <laughs> awesome. All right, buddy. Uh, talk to you soon. Uh, thanks for coming on. All right, not a problem. Thank you. Y'all have a great day, man. Cheers. I drank too much coffee. Many cups you got you got the big yeti today damn yeah and i made it way too strong not enough water Wait. uh it was a pour over and they told me to use one teaspoon and i put like seven teaspoons it, it, and i'm fucking i'm freaking out <laughs> you're shaking a little bit a little shaky yeah a little bit feels like i'm on drugs I have Kyra Milligan tonight. Six thirty, two podcast. While while on, I shouldn't say vacation. People are going to start being like, "Oh, how was your vacation?" I hate that word, vacation. I don't take vacation. I triggered, I triggered myself. Um, let's see. It's going to be tough to Kyra. top this one though. That was cool. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it, Kyra. Uh, oh, and tomorrow, shit. Tomorrow I have David Pan on. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Got to get ready. Then Jimmy Letchford, um, president of GORUCK. And then Greg Glassman. Then Dale Saran. Do I have two podcasts? I know. It's a busy week. Then Tommy Hackenbrook. This is a busy week. All right. Anything else? There's something I kind of wanted to show you guys. Um, where is it? Let me see if I can pull it up. Let me see. Oh, yeah, look at this. I wonder if I can copy. Uh, should copy. I don't have an extra monitor. I'm going to pay, I'm going to give this to you in the private chat. Okay. Um, this is a perfect example of outsourcing discernment. This is, this is how, what I'm about to show you is how dangerous it is 
to outsource discernment. Be patient with this piece. This piece takes a little while to unfold. There's a lady um, who is the is the big the big the big wig at CNN. She has the big show. Her name is Joy Reid. She is batshit crazy, but this is what it looks like when you outsource discernment and when you use that to to club other people over the head. It's like this this um, this fallacy of of outsourcing your discernment to some fake authority. Like somehow Gavin Newsom knows that wearing masks is more important than you would know by your own discernment. So, so watch this piece unfold. This piece is absolutely crazy. Here we go. So Joy Reid is advocating for children to read sexual books. You know how liberals are always talking about, oh, they banning books is racist. No, we're trying to ban the pedophilia stuff that's inside of these books that's not for children. Yo, if you vote for Democrat and you call yourself a liberal, you're a little suspect to me. But check this out. The question I'm asking is, what is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue, isn't appropriate for students to read? What, what, is a, your what a tragic story of a young man who's annually by his adult family member. So you mm -hmm. have incest pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for you. Do. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public schools? Why is it your right or a Moms for Liberty activist's right to say that a parent who wants their child to have access to this book, which gives a personal experience of this author, that they, the, why doesn't a liberal parent, for instance, or a parent of an LGBTQ kid, why don't they have a right for their child to just have access to this book? Why is it? Swear, man, y'all liberals are just nasty. So okay. Remember, you so, so there's some crazy shit going on there. She doesn't want a book that involves incest, pedophilia, and strap-on dildos in her kid's school. And this lady, Joy Reid, is asking her what makes her an expert to say that an award-winning book shouldn't be read to kids and available to them. And then on top of that, she, she which is, is just completely outsourcing the discernment that some, some group of people who gives an award to a book knows what's best for your child. But then on top of that, she doesn't know this probably, Joy Reid, but she's leveraging liberals and gay people as 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 all agreeing that that should be there. Can you imagine having being how do you can you imagine how hard it is to, right now to be gay or black when the Democratic Party ties you to every fucked up thing that's out there? No gay person wants to be. Um, I shouldn't say no. Most gay people probably don't want to be attached to defending a book that involves sodomy that's kept in a kid's elementary or junior high school, and yet she puts them in. She puts them in front as a reason. She's basically demanding that all gay people and all liberal people get angry if they because other people are using their own discernment not to have books in the elementary or junior highs that involves incest, pedophilia, and strap-on dildos. I, if I'm gay or black, I don't want to be leveraged for that. That is CNN. And that is the God that the Democrats are worshiping. Are you guys following that? She's, she just drugged the LGBTQ community 
as the shield to hold up. Like if you don't like if you don't like books um, in in your school for your kids that have incest, pedophilia, strap-on dildos, and sodomy in it, then you hate all uh, Democrats, liberals, and all gay people. She's trying. She's trying to be divisive like that, and at the same time trying to outsource discernment on how to raise kids to people who give awards for books. Uh, Philip Kelly, correct, Savon. Uh, a lot of the LGBT community don't agree with her. Yeah, I, have to, I, would, I would guess the vast majority. We live in wild... Uh, we live in wild times. I... I uh, on, the, on, on behalf of all of humanity, I apologize to people out there who have melanated skin and who are gay and who are being leveraged as, as human shields uh, for these fucking psychopaths. Completely fucking unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. All right. Uh, I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, we started the show talking about Mark Bell. Um, the, head over to Mark Bell's Instagram account. Give him love. Uh, it's it's got to suck. Uh, his... his um, YouTube page was nothing about exploring uh, his journey and trying to bring um, you know all the smart people onto the um, internet to talk about health and fitness and wellness. And instead, he got kicked out. Uh, I know the guy personally. He's a very, very open-minded man, and uh, we need more people like him. He's open-minded and honest, and a man of great uh, integrity. For what I know of him, and for him to be booted off like that uh, for for having a guest on who talked about the sun. And, and, the, and the health issues around the sun or, or health benefits. Um, I haven't heard the piece yet, but I'm, I'm guessing that's what it was about is uh, nuts. Uh, Stephen Flores, we'll get the final word. If you don't like the pedophilia books, then you ain't gay. Yeah, right. It's like that. That's exact. Wow, Stephen, you nailed it. That's basically what she's saying. All right, Caleb, thank you. See you guys tonight, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, Kyra Milligan. Uh, tomorrow morning, David Pan. David Pan is a, sir, a Ph.D. and professor of German at the uh, University of Riverside, and he's running for Congress, and uh, he wants to get the DEI out of the uh, university system uh, because it's, doing, it's, it's, it's not adding to the diversity. It's actually uh, leaving people out. Uh, Twitter, I know. Twitter. I know Twitter. I know Twitter. I love you guys. Bye-bye.